I'm Maddie. And I'm Ryan. And this is a spooky episode of the Mutant Ages. <laughs> okay. Three days three don't, days late of Halloween. Don't do this. As soon as this comes out. Yeah. Isn't it going to be November? And now I have to look it up. Okay. Yeah, this it is. is. I already not... looked. It's going to be like November 3rd or something. But I realized I didn't say happy Halloween in the last happy episode. Happy Halloween. Rogue is a vampire. Yeah, really. That so would have worked out great. Else? I don't know. Yeah, we didn't really, we didn't really time out a Halloween. Halloween is like our show. favorite holiday, so it's kind of stupid that I we know. didn't mention anything. It's kind of sad that this year you don't get to be working in a haunted house and doing all your Halloween. I shit. know. It's, I know. It's, it's just not. I've gone. I've gone to a couple open haunted houses, but for mm-hmm. anyone that has COVID tried to do style. that, yeah, yeah. I I don't know if it's like this anywhere else. Y'all Welcome can write to our in, show but where we review haunted houses. Haunted houses. Yeah, but they have like they have like a drive. <laughs> Most of them are drive-throughs, and the ones that aren't drive-throughs, huh. you go through and you go through the whole haunted house, but there aren't like actors doing scenes or popping out and scaring you. They'll be like six feet away from you behind well, like, they have a to pex- be. like and behind a plexiglass. Masks, right? Anyway, or maybe they don't aren't. If they I have mean, the no, because they're, they're behind. Yeah, they're behind like a plexiglass wall where they're knocking at you to get your attention. So it's not very <laughs> scary. <laughs> It's so funny. I mean, and it's like, I know. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Yeah. And I told my director. Sir, are you scared? (laughs) Hello. They're like knocking at you. I don't know. Sometimes you'll see somebody that will be out, but they have to be like 10 feet away. And you hear them like meekly in the corner wave like a piece of cloth. And they're like, stay with us. I'm like, we literally can't. (laughs) That's really rough i i wonder if it's like these haunted houses have to stay in business that's sad to think about why are we talking about this anyway this is i a don't show. know because this is part this of who is we an are X-Men show and um, we're already off the rails because it's a reader the mail there's no previously mail. This on is, this week. there's no previously on the x-men we are watching x-men evolution i'm sure you're all enjoying it along with us but this week we're gonna do some we're gonna do some listener feedback we're gonna we're yeah, gonna, we're gonna do reader mail evolution reader mail evolution reader evolution mutant evolution the mutant ages this is what we call it. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power growing us both wonderful and strange. The power to care about the X-Men and the mutant brotherhood. And all of their adventures, more than anyone should. From the comic book pages to the end. want to let y'all know that if you have been submitting your questions or have thought about submitting questions you can do that at the mutant ages at gmail.com but i actually recently opened up an additional channel on our discord channel that says Ooh, just uh, for questions, questions. Oh. yeah because i had a lot of our listeners writing in into the multiple <laughs> chats we have going yeah. in and then eventually i said i'm gonna just create a question a section. Yeah. <laughs> I think somebody might have suggested it too. And I was like, that's, that's a, good a idea. really good idea. That, that's a good idea. That way people can just pop on over there and make sure that we see it as opposed yes. to having to try to keep track of all the different threads that happen in that discord, which people should join, by the way, you should go to mutantages.com and check out that discord invite link on the right hand side. Right. So 
Anyway, let's jump right in because we know how this goes. Let's, um, yeah. <laughs> this is actually from Twitter. And you know what? Hold on. Hold on a second. I'm not going to do that because it's like too dark. I don't want to open it up with that. <laughs> <laughs> this is from Twitter. How would you kill Professor Xavier? Please describe it in graphic detail. Why doesn't anyone ask us that? Why I don't know. They really should. That? I like I just like opened it up and I was like, we're going to get to it. But I just I'm not ready to jump let's, to that question. Let's not so kick it off. With we're going to start one. off with this uh, email from Scarlett who writes, hi there. Love the show. I'd like to wax philosophical if you'll indulge me. Of the course. X-Men are unique in fiction and that they are presented as both a counter-terrorist spec ops team and as a civil rights activists. Mm-hmm. There's a rare union of military and queer iconography. Xavier and his child soldiers, as you put it. Do you think future <laughs> shows will struggle with this combined imagery in these politically tense times, as well as the rising validity of usual antagonist Magneto? Question mark. Uh, I posted a comment to a video on Future Past recently. It kind of illustrates the sort of philosophical tangle a future would have to contend with. And I imagine a more critical view of Xavier would add further context to it. Sorry for being long-winded philosophers peril. LOL. Comment below. Okay, so... <laughs> There's another paragraph here. I'm going to read this part. So okay. a lesson I took from future past is that both the X-Men and the Brotherhood are trapped in a futile conflict. There will always be bigots, whatever Xavier does. Magneto can't win because a small group of superpowered followers just doesn't equate to fleets of attack helicopters and nuclear power. Mm-hmm. Mutants are a minority and getting distracted by their own factionalism only emphasizes that the real power is with the teeming throngs of humanity. Humans win whatever happens. The real question is how mutants fit within the context of that primacy. The tension isn't that Magneto could conquer Earth. The tension is that prolonged fighting between the X-Men and the Brotherhood could rob mutants mutants of their chance to find some way to survive and thrive in a human-dominated society. Sure, Xavier is an idealist who would rather use diplomatic means to achieve coexistence, but also just understands that mutant primacy isn't an actual thing. For mutants, it's coexistence or no existence at least no enviable existence. Mm -hmm. So Magneto is a distraction from the very real problem of finding a sustainable social context for mutants, a special group of people that will never have primacy like the human masses around them. Magneto isn't wrong for being angry about persecution or wanting to win. He's wrong for leading mutants down a doomed road. He's wrong because he can't win. The fact that he could probably screw up mutant primacy through the same bland arrogance is largely a mute point. Hmm. This is an interesting eerie mill. It is. I'm sort of distracted now by this final paragraph because I think that Magneto is aware of that, at least in many of his comic book iterations. He's he's aware that the small number of mutants who follow him cannot win, which is why he's constantly trying to create mutant ethnostates and yes. separate from humanity, which I wouldn't say that's the right thing to do either. And I think that's part of why he fails so often is because that's also a doomed plan. But it seems like a more logical one to him because I think he's aware of the precise problem that you're describing, Scarlet, where he, he can't, that's how I feel he can't as well. win. Um, right. And he doesn't he doesn't have enough followers unless, to Unless he win. creates his own community or country where he right, can, where mutants can make be it safe. safe. Yeah. Right. And that's, I mean, it's sort of been subverted or, or 
twisted in some ways by the Krakoa stories where it, it seems as though it is working. And I mean, obviously there's tensions there and that's that's an interesting I mean, direction I don't, the I wouldn't say going. that it, it's actually working very well. It well. Can't. I mean, we know how these stories go in X-Men comics. Like, you know, it's going to get, well, it's already it, fucked up I, and it's going to continue to get more fucked right, up. Right. I mean, because if you look at Krakoa, right, that this is a country where it is all mutants and humans can't even go there. With Genosha, you could at least could have gone there, but Krakoa won't even let humans in. If you're human, yep. like, tough luck you can't go and so the rest of the population of the world which is still unfortunately the greater population Mm -hmm. is terrified sort of in a similar way that in justice league unlimited he people were eventually just terrified of the justice league because they had that watchtower pointing a gun down at them asteroid m storyline that we talked about yes that's another great uh, example yes where the characters uh, the mutant characters all went to this other asteroid out in space and like they weren't going to attack anybody with the missiles that they had but like because they had missiles they were perceived as a threat and then obviously like that became a whole shit show right but i think krakoa is a little extra complicated though because they have that krakoa flower thing going on where it's like they have this drug that essentially is carrying almost all human diseases and they're trying to give it to humans and humans think that they're either poisoning them or they're trying or that mutants are acting like that they're better than them which Mm -hmm. We know with white supremacy, that's how it even happens in the first place is that they get so scared of like anybody else doing anything that's helpful, you know? Right. Although also hoarding a resource that it helps other people. I mean, you wouldn't want to do that either. So it's it's a moral quandary, really. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't know. That's that's some interesting stuff the comics are doing now. But I and I think in some ways it's an answer to how would modern stories deal with this is like well you can look at the actual modern x-men comics that are obviously coming out now and and speaking to political weaknesses and like anxieties that people have in the present day i think they are even though they're very weird comics they're sort of speaking to those anxieties but i I also think that if you're gonna adapt i mean you know they're going to adapt the x-men for the mcu so they're going to have to come up with a very simple way to sum up this this political allegory that the X-Men have represented for so long, which is like usually like just the rights that queer people have fought for and then also various civil rights allegories. And like, how do you how do you present that in 2020? And like, what does that look like in 2020? And can Magneto be there? I mean, we talked about that on a previous Lister mail, like, does it still make sense to have a Holocaust right. survivor in 2020? And like, does that even really work? And Unless should there be some traveled. other civil rights? Can you imagine yeah, if like Magneto just time travel forward? And Honestly, he was like, time that makes more real. sense than anything else. Like, why not? Have him well, time I mean, travel. it's completely possible at yeah. this point because the entire now. <laughs> That's literally what's happened to the MCU is it's yeah, all about they time have travel so and much alternate fucking realities. Time travel now. Yeah. Like they could just do that. So that's one way. But I I don't know. I think that the allegory part is almost easier because so so going back to Scarlett's earlier point about the idea of like militarizing a group of marginalized people and the sort of conflicted way that people tend to feel about that in our society now because usually we associate like increased military force and militias with alt-right people and like extreme conservatives because that's in the past who's done that but then there are also these factions of people like marginalized people who are like queer people should learn how to protect themselves also and like should learn how to use guns like there are some factions of people who believe that as well there's much smaller but that's that exists yeah and there's you know people who remember the black panthers and so on and like have their own organizations for like people of color arming themselves and like there's totally groups of people who support that across 
every faction of politics in 2020 now. So that's one part of it that I'm like, I think actually this could speak to current anxieties as well and still be like a relatively simple story if you're adapting it now. That was sort of my thought as well. But you can also even keep some of the same factionalism stuff because the Xavier Magneto fight still happens now like every day in terms of how people argue about this like Xavier's like we need to negotiate with the president we need to work within the system we need to like compromise 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 like Whereas Megan is the opposite of that he's like we need to tear down the system and build a new one essentially yes I mean that's like every conversation people are having today oh my god it unfortunately uh, yeah within the world or this country really is the question at this point just yep overall broad statement yep <laughs> yeah. So I think it would work fine, honestly. Like, I feel like these stories are still relevant. Like, they were f- relevant in the civil rights movement. They were relevant in the gay rights movement. These are the same stories people have about activism all the time. It's really sad that they're relevant all over again and that we have progress and then we push back again and then we have progress. And we, and we, push and we back, are pushing but, back but, right now and it's bad. So, but I think we're going to push forward again. That's I my do hope. too. I, I'm looking forward to that. I think I think really realistically what's gonna happen is by the time we're old, we're gonna have seen a lot of progress. I think there's a lot of people who have seen progress that are old now mm-hmm. over the years. And who so can we remember have, when it was even worse, you know? Right. I think alone, like in the last 120 years, right, there has mm-hmm. been a lot of progress and we do get a lot of pushback, but the people that follow those those beliefs are dwindling. You know what I mean? It's becoming Yeah, and it's weird. We talk about gay marriage and gay rights on the show a lot, but it's right. because you and I have seen so much happen with that in our lifetimes and even we're only like 35 years years old so (laughs) we have seen such a sea change of how people talk about queerness in america and identity and even that is changing all the time and in my opinion getting better all the time even as conservatives are still in power and trying to take those rights away it's because they're pushing back against what's already unfolded and is already here and you can't take away the progress that's been made in people's minds already you can't right. take away the cultural change that's already happened. And you can even look at Black Lives Matter right now, where it's yeah. like that is such a huge cultural impact right now. It's everywhere. Yeah. This is not something that somebody super conservative can just sweep under the rug and pretend it's going to go away because it's like you can't even go down the street anymore without seeing the signs and people protesting, which is good. It is good. And then also the way that people talk about the police and what is and isn't acceptable for a government to do and for the police to do has changed so much, even just in the past five years. Like having conversations with people five years ago about like my stance on cops as opposed to now, I have even just seen among my friends group how much that has changed. (laughs) And like that's... that's just my life like that's just my own anecdotal experience and i'm like i've seen this change i've watched this change and that doesn't necessarily mean policies right now but the cultural change is the first step there i don't know this is my very optimistic day apparently but i just well i i I, after reading this email or this letter i should say um, yeah i i kind of see the point that is being made because first of all i think Yes, I, I'm all for Magneto is right. We know that's the stance that I take on mm-hmm. most of the X-Men issues is that I'm like, Magneto is right. We need a massive change. The systems need to be broken down and reconstructed again yeah. to allow mutants, right, or any marginalized class. Um, however, 
the part that does work in sort of Xavier's favor, like he's not very good at what he does, which is actually the unfortunate part here is that he's actually not very good at what he's supposed to be doing, which is working within the system that's already there, yeah. which is true. That also needs to happen. It's like, yeah, we need to tear down the system that does not work and rebuild it. But until that happens, we need somebody that can actually like do what they can within it, which is why we have these conflicting parties, at least in the U.S., where it's like... And it's like splintered into even more conflicts, which, I mean... Oh, right. I mean, it's not just two parties here. There's like six or seven, at least, of them, you know? And it's kind of like... It's just all these different viewpoints. I feel like there are other characters. I mean, we've talked about this as well. Like, there's other perspectives, even within the X-Men, beyond Magneto and Xavier, which is what's so cool yes. about it. Like, you have yeah. you have Scott, you have Jean, you have Emma Frost, who also works within the system at times, but then has her own manipulations outside of the system as well. Like, she's an interesting character for that reason. Like, I don't know. You have More so Mystique. many other... I think actually Mystique, Mystique is a better yep. representation of that, where she goes in and she pretends to be part of the system, but it's like yeah. all make-believe to her to get what she is actually trying to do. Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of why it's a cool story. And also if somebody were adapting it and they were like, the Xavier Magneto thing, it's been done. I don't want to do that. You can look at other characters. You can look at a Mystique. You can look at an Emma Frost and be like, I'm going to I'm gonna reflect these other perspectives. And that would right. be cool too. There's a lot I, of options And there. I think this is actually why I like the Krakow storyline right now is that it is... They have the council, which I I actually still feel like they need to add a couple people in there. Like, I don't want Cyclops on there. I'm glad he's not there, but I do think that <laughs> Sebastian Shaw. You need somebody Shaw, like that? Yeah. No, I need, they need Sebastian Shaw out of the Hellfire corner there and put Callisto in because we need somebody to represent that side of things. But mm-hmm. I was I, I, had, I was kind of reading about how they formed the idea of the mutant council where they have like four different sections. So you have like Magneto, Xavier and Apocalypse, which is like the three most prominent views of dealing with the X-Men mutants in any marginalized class. And then you have Mr. Sinister, Mystique and Exodus who are the more, not sinister, but they are considered the more villainous, but they, cause they have a more aggressive way of dealing with mutant problems mm-hmm. and then you have storm and gene and nightcrawler who are empathetic compassionate very like warm people who are there to be there for mutants in that kind of way and worry about what they actually need and then you have emma kitty and sebastian shaw who are kind of dealing with like trade and like de- like everything any kind of like mutant human interrelations kind of international thing. relations yeah yeah but i and i think it's very interesting because i think that is a, a good circle of like the the perspectives you have here, mm-hmm. um, which is why I think Callisto needs to be on there because it's just kind of like the one missing piece they have. Yeah. But it just kind of resounds with this comment that we have from this email right here. So yeah, I just yeah, felt, yeah. I think right now, specifically Jonathan Hickman has written the X-Men to sort of reflect what it is like in current day politics. And that is why we have or things even the way the they are. Or the future of it or what we can yeah. imagine of it. Right. It's, and it's, it's very, it's a very interesting perspective and that's why I have enjoyed it so far. So yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Anyway, right. that was like, enjoy our 15 <laughs> well, minute answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we go. We have a billion more questions. Let's yeah, do let's, this. Let's, let's hop on over to Twitter real quick and just, okay. uh, 
I had quoted Maddie saying, why is Xavier sending his students to Mystique's school? Uh-huh. And somebody responded, sure, she's evil, but the district allocates a lot to school funding and Xavier can afford the property tax. Do mm-hmm. we know if it's public or charter? Yeah, I think it's a public school. I think it is I too. I don't know though. That's the impression I get from all the signposting of it. Um, I don't think it's I don't think it's a charter school or private school or any anything along those lines. No, um, I, I think Xavier's actual school might be a private school, but if you yeah, can't like even Xavier's call it Xavier's institute I, is probably a private entity I think it would have to be in order for him to get away with all the shit he gets away with at that fucking mansion like he must be keeping stuff off the books there like, like there's I, I mean he they're sent they're essentially sending their children to a boarding school but then yes. they go to public school from the boarding school I don't know if that's a thing I think there's probably something similar to that but like not quite the way I mean, I think this show pitches it X-Men Evolution Xavier's Institute is presented as a boarding school for needy kids or like special needs kids and and like give them extra help with school. Like I think that's probably how he describes it publicly. <laughs> yeah, you know okay. what I mean? And then and then also like this they just go to regular school. And that's right. and it's supposed to be like, oh, they're getting their extra help at home, whatever that means. And like nobody yeah, really okay. questions that. Same with like the brotherhood test. Although I think the brotherhood house well, we'll is just see, literally a house. Yeah. I don't really think the brotherhood is a frat pad of any kind. I think it's just Mystique's house and he's just like, these kids don't have homes. Yeah, I don't know how that's gonna be presented when we get to that because the kids haven't all moved into that house or at least we haven't seen it yet we don't know what their yeah, situation I know is what's really interesting is that we spend a lot of time in that house in future seasons and it hasn't come up in season one and i'm like when do we first see their house yeah i don't know i mean we're only on episode nine so i guess we'll find out when it gets introduced but right. it's also up to this point been like where does toad live where does fred live like the most we've seen is like toad apparently lives in a dumpster somewhere and fred is living in like an abandoned a water warehouse. tower like i don't know like uh, Sabretooth yeah. lives at the water tower also so there's a whole with the animaniacs you know yeah so it's like it's getting pretty crowded in i there. think we're supposed to think that mystique has moved them into the frat pad at some point but we haven't seen it yet and i right. assume and there's be not revealed. gonna be a specific scene that like reveals that they're just gonna there be might there be. i don't and know we'll be like oh okay yeah. well, well you see, know you're right i don't know but in comparison the kids at xavier's are living in a mansion and they're like they're the lucky ones who've been plucked from obscurity by yeah, xavier I mean, seriously like, like think about nightcrawler who's like this blue furry kid and they're yeah. like okay we're gonna take you and put you into your room and they introduce him to the house and they show and him his room like, which is like so this excited. giant yeah well, it's like a huge room with like a bed with a canopy there's a full surround sound stereo system in there and like yeah, a yeah. beautiful view of a lake and just and it's his like... little child soldier uniform on his bed that's the only catch just have to yeah, like I fight know. against all the buzz saws every morning at four before school that's all i mean honestly that is terrifying when you think I know. about that i know it is terrifying it is terrifying Ugh. i mean in some ways mystique her expectations for the kids are so much lower, but at least she's not making them go into the danger room. Like, I don't know. I I don't know. That's a good point. Although when you see the house that they're in, it's very much like this rundown house. The mistake does not care about <laughs> except for her own room which is like beautiful. I can't wait. It's going to be great. <laughs> you think Mystique would have like more aesthetic for her house like you know interior decoration i don't know i don't know maybe maybe she's just like i'm living with a bunch of teenage boys i well but to answer this person's question though i think xavier is just mind wiping the school board like i think it's a public school and that his influence is not necessarily financial i mean i'm sure he could donate things and like i think it might be though because remember that time mystique was in the the middle verse episode she's walking in she's talking about xavier's influence quote unquote yeah 
Right. And I th- I perceive that as his powers. Like there's financial influence that I'm sure he's also enacting, and that's what like the cover story is. But I think he is also just uses mind powers whenever I mean, it he is needs Xavier. to. You know, he just like walks into. He, can you imagine Xavier going shopping? He probably gets all shit for free. You know what's crazy? Kilgrave is presented as like a villain, but he literally <laughs> is the same. <laughs> guy i yeah actually that's a really good point i guess the only difference is that xavier isn't sexually assaulting people which kilgrave is yeah but like it's they have the same power like it's crazy it's crazy well i think xavier's is actually worse because he because a kilgrave can really only control people with hypnosis right Right. so that's his whole thing and so they can both do that but xavier can also go uh, yeah he can also go in it and make you relive your traumas like remember that episode with magneto where magneto shows up and xavier's like i'm gonna quickly take care of this and we just see magneto send you brain wise into the holocaust yeah i was like what what the fuck (laughs) that is not an attack Xavier, xavier basically the only reason why xavier isn't a villain is because he happens to not use his powers for villainous purposes which like we would argue that he does even true way we would argue that but like even according to the lore of this show and every other x-men adaptation it's like for some reason xavier we're supposed to assume he's a good guy even though he literally has the same powers as like every villain like whatever i don't know he's like i don't trust him uh so i'm just quickly going to read this other twitter comment that kind of follows up on the school thing where it says I'm probably not the first person to answer this, but the PS 104 team name in Spike and Speed is public school number 104. It's a New York City naming standard. Makes total sense. Public school. I don't know why we didn't think of that, but yeah. I mean, I guess if we lived in the city, we would know that. I I don't know how Newton works things. Or if we played sports or if we had Googled it. All of these things didn't happen. I mean, there's a lot of different (laughs) options here, but we just sat there and went like, too bad the answer is not possible to be found. No, we knew people would send it to us. And of course, someone did. Thank you. We were actually hoping somebody would so we could talk about it here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to send you this in Slack. Here's your here. You get to read this one. Okay. You get to read one now. Is an email from Clinton who writes, I was listening to your last reader mail episode, specifically the part about race bending and had some thoughts about Xavier and Magneto. For Xavier, they'd have to handle it very carefully, but could have him be a mixed race person with light enough features to pass as white, specifically to call out colorism and how non-white folks who can still enjoy some white privilege. They could also use that again with much care when explaining his brother Juggernaut, disliking him as he cannot pass for white. This, if handled correctly, could be a great way to do more with race bending than just checking a box. I actually kind of like this. Yeah, that would be like a completely different story between Juggernaut and Xavier. And like, as long as there are the correct writers doing that, I think it could be an interesting, like almost like a what if Marvel comic series or something like that. It could be really really cool. Anyway, I'm going to continue the rest of the email. Magneto is potentially easier to manage, but also needs care due to how it could work and not wanting to trigger anyone. Simply put, have him be Cambodian. It is a different story than having him be Jewish, but could also explore another attempted genocide as a way to highlight why his views may be valid, even if considered extreme by some. Anywho, I love the politics your show gets into, and I'm excited to see how X-Men continues to make socially conscious viewpoints available for young audiences. Eternally thirsty for Gambit, Clinton (laughs) thank you so much clinton that's very interesting i i think cambodian could work or just really sadly there are other examples of genocides that are recent like there's there's the uyghurs in china right now it's gotten a lot of uh, play in the press very recently i i mean there's there are other genocides that are contemporary which one could use i do think though 
part of why Magneto's story works is because it's also about a character who witnessed the rise of fascism specifically and also the rise of like political ideologies changing. And so you'd need somebody who maybe had a similar situation, but maybe not. Maybe you don't need that. And maybe you reboot it and you have a completely different character with a different situation. You could just... You could do a lot of different things. I don't think they're going to, though. They're probably just I don't have think time they're going traveling to. Magneto. I don't think they're going to do that either, yeah. unfortunately. But I do think that a lot of the X-Men that have been traditionally white will not be in this series. I think, yeah. th- I think they're going to do a lot of what they did with Spider-Man, where they introduced... Like where Mary Jane is played by Zendaya, yeah, and so on, yeah. Well, it made sense because they're in New York City, which is not like a primarily white area. <laughs> you know, it's really like, not, and it's like that never made sense for Spider-Man, but whatever, it's But fine. I think what the MCU will do is that they will be a little bit more... I think they'll change it. I think, I think they've already I shown think in that. General, yeah, well, I think in general, they they have been trying to not have a completely white cast since the initial Avengers. I mean, look at um, Valkyrie, who they decided was not going to be a white character. I thought that was yeah, a good move, too. And I think a lot of that is because of the ongoing response to pushback from journalists and critics who are like, hey, what if you change these stories? And then also the fact that the comics themselves are a lot more racially diverse than even the fucking movies are. But whatever. That's... <laughs> I mean, they're working on it. They're working. At least we I'm got just saying they could Sam Wilson as Captain America now, right? So that's yeah, a step yeah, in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think they will probably continue to change that because they're so aware of that criticism now and that that pushback from people that they have to respond to it and i'm sure they will with the x-men i don't actually know if xavier and magneto would be the characters they would choose though like we've had a fun time talking about what what would happen if they would re-spend those characters i'd be shocked if they did i think they would choose different characters who have less public association with patrick stewart and ian mckellen and michael fassbender and james mcvoy like people see those characters in such a certain way i think they'd be more likely to do it with like the situation with domino and deadpool where like you and i know domino but a lot of other people don't so it was like casting a different actor than you the, the typical white female actor was something they could do there without necessarily people being really confused by it because it was like, well, this is interesting introducing this character to a wider audience. So let's just present them in a different way. Right. I can see them doing stuff like that with the X-Men reboot yeah, where like and there's I more think obscure characters or at least characters that aren't as well known. And then those will be the characters that they change. That's right. my prediction. That's, that's sort of my prediction too. I like, I don't think we're going to get like the, first of all, the X-Men, the actual X-Men in the comic books, even though that some of them got sort of whitewashed, they are from sort of all over the place. Like remember yeah. the eighties that that was specifically like, done that way. Like how just do Aurora correctly? Like <laughs> fuck, fuck all of it. Like don't race Ben anyone literally make a good storm movie ever. Like, I, I don't mean, know. You don't need to, you don't need to invent characters when you have a character that you've been doing wrong by this whole time. Like just fucking yeah. do that. That, I mean that New Mutants movie is coming out. We're gonna eventually watch it. But even yep. like looking at like how the New Mutants were presented in the eighties, right? Like they had yeah. a racially diverse cast, except well, or at least reflecting the reality. Because in that right. story, it's supposed to be like the mutant gene just shows up at random. Right. I mean, so and that's according a good point, to that, so. it should be reflecting the reality of our world and like right. the percentages in that sense. Like that's but how the it should MCU, be. The MCU could certainly introduce any of these characters and th- maybe do it correctly because I know New Mutants like Oh my god! I, I can't know. even. We're I, gonna get I, there's to so it. much about that, but I like know. Sunspot is like the whitest Sunspot, and that director was like, I don't care if he's white or not. And it's like uh, it's you're like, a well, fucking fucking idiot. Read like, the comics, maybe. Yeah, I, don't know. I mean, but he did though, which is the bad part. It's like 
I don't know. I don't know. It's like whatever. I, even looking at um, Cecilia Reyes from the comic books versus yep. the this version they put in the movie that we're going to see where like Cecilia is like very dark skin. Yeah. But in the movie, they didn't cast someone who was. No. Yeah. 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 And it's just kind of like, oh, come on, guys. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a there's a pretty significant colorism problem in in Hollywood that reflects the way that it is in the world where it's like, yeah, OK, even if you're a person of color, you're going to need to be lighter skinned in order to be promoted. Like, I don't right. know. It's fucked up. I It is. It is. I, I wish the movies would. I wish that people casting these movies would consider that and be like, how about if we don't do that? <laughs> how about if yeah. we don't do the same shit that's been happening for centuries? But we'll see. We'll see if, if everything continues to change. Um, certainly a lot of people push back against New Mutants. And that's the last that Fox had Thank on X-Men. God. And there is a chance for something different to happen. So I, I, I think they're going to push real quick to get the X-Men to the MCU, but I'm sure that will be another question we have in here somewhere. I don't even know. I just know that this is what we end up talking about for we 45 about minutes. So we talk like, Yeah, what? I know. It's because until it starts happening, I mean, WandaVision's coming up, and I truly I believe that is going to be the start of all of this. So. I do, too. I also think it'll probably be really fun to watch, so we'll oh, see. Oh, I'm so excited. Like, I just, I love Wanda and Vision as characters in the comic books, so this will be good. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so... I'm going to hop over to this e- other email from Elena, who's writing about Rogue Recruit, in which she writes, Hello, Mutant Crew. So happy that we are at the X-Men Evolution now because I have so much nostalgia for this show. I have a few random comments about this episode. Number one, even when Kurt is in his normal drag, he still can't open his hands all the way like a person with five fingers would. And I really mm. appreciate that attention to detail. That is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, I noticed that the first time I watched it way back when. But if you look at pictures of him... In his human form on that show, he holds his fingers together in three pieces. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I think that's cool. Yeah. Um, number two, if I was Storm and I was on a mission to in Mississippi and the rogue mutant seemed totally fine with Jean and Cyclops but freaked out when she saw me, I would assume it was just racism and not a shapeshifter, shapeshifter conspiracy. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> like, fair, right? <laughs> Three, Rogue is so goth that all the climactic scenes in this episode take place in a graveyard. (laughs) (laughs) I did not even think that. Uh, And four, and she attached a picture of this, which I guess I'll send it to you so that we can see what Mm -hmm. the fuck I'm talking about. Uh, Mystique sitting on her desk in front of Rogue in a miniskirt welcoming her to Bayville High looks like the start of a teacher-student porn. Sorry, everyone. It kind of does. It really does. Your episodes have been getting me through a tough time, so thank you for all the work you do. Oh, happy to do it, Elena. Happy to do it. Uh, what a great ep that was. Uh, she also wrote in, there's a couple more emails, but I'm just going to read this one here, uh, sure. where she said, uh, you've probably already recorded the episode, but apparently the dance scene was traced from the scene of Buffy. This mm-hmm. is in We've re- talked this about this. Don't worry, Spike Elena. Cam. We've talked yeah. about this like almost in every episode because we're clearly obsessed with it, and all we want to yeah. do is talk about Buffy in regard to the show. Right? But, yeah, and um, so, okay, uh, she also follows up with saying, I know they do the same thing in a scene from The Craft in a later episode. Yep. I believe that's Walk Don't on the Wild worry. Side. We uh, wonder what other tributes are hiding in animation. Yeah. So yep. uh, I actually took that and I, Elena knows I already did this, but I took that and I posted it to our social media where mm-hmm. you made a gif, I think, where, where it showed both the Buffy scene and the scene where Kitty and Rogue are dancing together. Yes. Yes. And that's, well, she actually sent it to me. I didn't even make yeah. it. So I don't know where it came from initially unless she made I, it herself. People have posted it. I mean, it's been around for years because people right. know about the rotoscoping and, and, 
I, I don't know. I've certainly seen people Rotoscoping. be like, oh, that's cheating. Like, they shouldn't be doing that. And I'm like, it's an homage, you know? Yeah, it's really, I mean, honestly, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Continuing on from Elena, we have uh, just some random thoughts I had on the Turn of the Rogue episode. Number one, oh, they're going spelunking. I hope they rent <laughs> Jubilee telling a fairy tale to a bunch of random kids. I thought kids. of that, too. I like, did not, the, but I'm glad that you caves? did. Okay, I should have brought it up on the episode. I can't believe they you go, okay, didn't think I'm going to let you know, at the beginning of season three of X-Men Evolution, they're hiding from, like, the government, and they go hide in a cave. Oh, what is with caves and X-Men? Why do they Where do they find these caves? caves? Like, I've never found caves like this in all the hiking that I do. I know. It's not like you just end up in a cave. You got to, like, really seek out a cave. I yeah, don't this know. is like a Zelda level of, like, cave where it's just huge on the inside. Or Elder Scrolls when you walk into a cave and there's, like, a whole fucking city in there. Yeah. It's just funny. It's funny that multiple writers for these shows were like, let's get the X-Men in a cave. Let's just see what happens if they're in a cave. I don't know. And it's like, okay, <laughs> I, I guess if you want that, sure. Oh, oh my I God. Mean, even with the Mineshaft episode in Survival of the Fittest, it's like, why are the X, why are the Brotherhood in a fucking cave now? Like, what's with uh, yeah, this? I, don't, I mean, I don't know. Everybody's in a cave and it's not going to stop. Rocks are constantly falling on mutants. <laughs> on the X-Men and they just constantly. can't evade them. Yeah. Uh, number two. Good shit. Floor length coat and it's giant stomping boots on a high school field trip <gasps> yes! is a particular mood. <laughs> yes. She included this picture of Rogue getting onto the school bus for the geology cave field trip wearing yeah. that. And it's hilarious. Oh, and you know what? Also, I 100% wrote. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, that's 100% how we dressed in high school was trench coats and giant boots. Well, I'll be honest. That's also how I dressed in college. That's also how I dressed for several years after college. It's also <laughs> sometimes how I still dress. Sometimes. Uh, same here. Although I need a new trench coat because my demonia one from Hot Topic oh, I got like 20 apart. years ago. You know, those No, those it didn't fall don't apart. Last. It's just like gone. It, it, it just oh, like wow. went through too many years of haunted houses and I don't know where it wound up. <laughs> oh. So. <laughs> that's too bad <laughs> yeah i well, saved like that was 60 dollars. i saved like all my lunch money instead of buying okay this is a I stupid like how $60 story for a coat is not that much but you had to save all your lunch money to buy it yeah you, my parents didn't even know they were like oh they, i just oh my god this is absurd but i literally <laughs> skipped lunch for like an entire month Why? and did not eat during so the entire sad so that you could buy a demonia coat with your lunch I money you know what's really funny if i just asked my parents to like like not to just give me money. I don't think they money. would have bought you the coat. I no, mean, they wouldn't have. They wouldn't have bought me the coat or just given me the money. But I would have been like, "Can I do some things to earn some money?" You yes, know what I mean? That probably would have worked. You could have right. probably or done gotten something a job. Like that. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I got it when it was part. like, yeah, yeah. I was like seventeen. I could have been working anyway. Um, <laughs> number three, don't mess with the rogue. Has Rogue ever put the before her code name in any other adaption? Okay. She hasn't. However, on this show, people do that more often than not because originally before she went and started going by Rogue all the fucking time, they were calling her the Rogue. Right. I, I don't know if Elena remembers that or not. She sounds like she's rewatching it along with us. So she probably does. This is, I think, the only adaptation where that happens. They I don't say know. that the yeah. Rogue. I don't the know. Rogue. It's... Like, remember how Xavier was kept calling her the Rogue? for a while and then all uh, it just kind of swapped it's over. all it's all his fault whatever it is i blame xavier for it whatever. i just blame xavier for anything like if i trip and fall outside i'm like fuck you xavier <laughs> yeah anyway uh number four wolverine started to trust rogue when she took a fatal hit for his love interest mariko he was definitely one of the first ones to vouch for her oh so 
Is this from the comics? I assume I don't remember yeah. the storyline. Yeah, but... there's like a little. Actually, there's like a little picture here they'll send to you, in which we see you can actually see her getting hit and Wolverine being like, "Oh, yeah, I like this. I do too." And I, I think it's because I had mentioned that right at first when Rogue joined the X Men, Wolverine wasn't sure about her and kind of pushed back on that right away. But mm-hmm. this is true that he was also sort of the first to then accept her. Yeah, this is also like I'm sure it's been pointed out, but this this these series of comic book panels is very similar to X Men 2000 in the climactic scene where Rogue steals Logan's healing factor in order to heal. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, it just it's set up in a very similar way. So I'm I'm sure that was like part of the inspiration there. Anyway. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, and finishing up the trilogy of Elena emails, we just go into a little bit of Spike Cam. And she said, honestly, this is one of my favorite episodes as a teenager. Five <laughs> out of five X's for me. Number one, <laughs> is this Ryan's origin story? I was so happy to hear about your wacky teenage antics with the cameras. Number two, Jean Grey with a dark sweater equals dark Phoenix foreshadowing. Yes. Which I did not even like get that at the time. Cannon. I right. like Jean maybe thinking about the red sweater because also maybe she's going to explode into Kill fire everybody. at any I know. point. Yeah. Uh, like number it. three, Sabretooth skulking in the background of this shot made me laugh so hard. And it's a picture of, here I'm going to send it to you, but it's a picture of spike like with the video camera and he's just like hiding in the fucking bushes in the background for no reason funny though it is really funny number three watching rogue and kitty dance all sexy together gave definitely gave me feelings i couldn't (laughs) decide when i watched this as a queer (laughs) preteen i can't blame you elena it's a pretty sexy scene i mean <laughs> clearly clearly i ship it now i, I mean this whole episode why. we thought was so gay because remember at the end of it we were like there was nothing straight about this like it was what? like the most gay episode ever it's so oh, yeah. gay number four is oh my god tall saber tooth rogue is so amazingly hot i wasn't prepared i'm so gay <laughs> step on me uh and uh, number yeah, five, it's true. she becomes a dom dominatrix werewolf girl. With, like, <laughs> she gets a whip and everything. Yeah. Uh, number five. What if Xavier dropped Sabretooth into that horrible racist episode from Exit X-Men, the animated series with the Intuits. And that's how he got there in the first place. Multiverse crossover. Okay. Uh, yeah. I thought of that too. But then you were I like, say more things on the episode. Uh, why is Sabretooth randomly in the Arctic? Like, did he just wander down to Alaska at some point, run into some Inuits? I- I don't even know it. Start terrorizing them like the asshole that he is. Who can say? Maybe Logan's oh, going to find him there. I don't I know. I just realized I said Intuits, but I know it's Inuits because it doesn't... <laughs> I don't know why I said Intuits. I need... This is the morning, everyone. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. Number I six. I know, I know, but I'm just part, part, I don't know. I just want to say the correct thing. Anyway, so number six, the clip of Kurt dancing on the picnic table in Evan's home movies was from the previous episode, Middleverse, yes, I believe, you where are Evan right. didn't is, have a camera yet. Yep, yep. Where did he get that footage, Mr. Sinister? Maybe Scott could tell us since he's apparently looking right into the camera. Okay, yes. Okay. First of all, Mr. Sinister isn't in this show, but I'm going to go ahead and say Mr. Sinister gave him the footage. I don't Mr. know Mr. Sinister is in this show. He's the one filming the entire he's, show. He's filming the whole show. He's <laughs> also secretly the history teacher who gave Spike the camera. This is just his like, reality he's the TV history show. Teacher. The history teacher has been filming them the whole time. The history teacher is Mr. Sinister. That's headcanon now. Also, oh that's God. how Spike got the footage because it was already I on the agree. camera. All of that is real. It's real. And like, it's like he's filming a video of a vlog, which is really funny, but it's whatever. It's so funny. It's uh, so funny. Since your podcast went weekly, I'm looking forward to the end of weekends just to get the new Beat in Ages episode. Oh, so thank you, friends. That's adorable. 
And I know that this came in this morning, so I'm actually going to read this now because it seems to follow up the theme. But Drake wrote in and said, if you were making your own version of X-Men Evolution, who mm-hmm. would you have as the adults and who would you make the students? And I think this is interesting because... Well, we've talked about this a little bit, but we can we can break it down now. We've already said we want Storm to be a teenager. That's yeah. done, one and done. We'd like, right. we'd like, we want teenager I mean, honestly, Monroe. I don't even think that a lot needs to even change. Like, I think... Storm should be a teenager and so should Beast because he's one of the teachers in season two. Mm-hmm. And I think those two characters should be teenagers. around the same age as these. Yeah. And then I think the teachers should have been Xavier and Moira McTaggart, which I keep talking about. Yeah. Um, I what don't would you feel do like- with Logan? Would you just have a completely different version of Logan who wasn't born in the 1900s? And no, is- I would do what the Ultimates were. He was born in the 1900s, but he was more like stuck in his mid-20s so he's like 25 in that or maybe a little bit younger i don't know and so even though it is weird for him to be having weird relationships with these kids it's like okay i think you can get around that entirely by having logan be sort of a different character who doesn't interact with the kids as much well like if he's not not like one of their teachers have him be like a cool black ops character who kind of shows up from time to time and is going on his own missions that are sort of more adult they kind of do that on this show that sometimes but they also still have teacher logan and it's like and, and that's time you do that it gets weird because the relationship between him and gene gray is so well known that it's like how do you change that like i don't know if you can but that's I just my own baggage know. about it i don't I don't know. I maybe I don't even know if you can fix Logan, honestly, like even even the way I described it, I feel like it can't really be done. So I think you have to live with that tension. You keep Sabretooth the same age. I think Mystique being an adult makes sense to me, too. I think you keep Mystique and, and yeah. Destiny that way. And that, that works. But I Mystique, like all that stuff. Mystique um, was always kind of apparent, even the comic book. So it's not yeah. like she that the, she's I mean, also she is, like a billion years old anyway. Yeah, so really? Like it's, so it's like there's good. that uh, Magneto could stay an adult. I think. If they ever, oh, we do meet Callisto eventually, and she is an adult. Yes. I think that all works. I think all these I don't leaders. Know. Teenage Callisto would be kind of cool, though. Honestly, she would be really cool. I mean, think about punk Callisto as like, like a teenager. Punk Morlocks. I, yeah. I mean, I guess we'll see how they handle Callisto on the show when we get there. Can I don't you remember. imagine that concept though? It's like the Morlocks that, are just though. they're just like the that, goth. Though. They're like us goth rave kids, and they're just I mean, raving that's kind in the of sewers. What the Brotherhood are on the show, and we love it. And I so know. I'm like, I feel like the version of the Morlocks that's the kids would be so fucking cool. Like, oh, I'm kind of sad that isn't what we get, but maybe I'll love it. I don't know. No, we'll I, see th- when we get I think it works. I, I actually don't have any qualms with what the different ages are on this. Even it's really when just meet- Storm. It's really just Storm. Yeah that i want to be well even like some of the kids that have weird different age gaps like we know that gambit and rogue have like a weird age gap but i think he's like what 20 or something and she's 16 and that's Uh, like weird okay so when i was trying to find that vampire song which we will get to the vampire song nobody worry we're going to talk about the vampire song later (laughs) on this episode but when i was trying to find it and failing to find the vampire song on youtube instead all i found was like a billion x-men evolution gambit rogue music videos like fan-made music videos so i was like even if the show doesn't put the two of them together like everyone would have like everyone did here's the thing it's like the really She's posed as 16 on this and she's 20. And at the time, yeah, that is not supposed to be like 19, 20. Like it's not, it's like a, it's one of those age gaps. That's like not great, but it's also like, it happens in real life all the fucking time. Yeah. But also like, exactly. And it's also, this isn't like, 
a 31 year old yeah, dating, dating a 16 year old this is somebody disgusting. like or is, or logan who's like a thousand not that he dates right. anyone because they know they can't do that but i'm just i saying. feel like once when you're over the age of 20 it does not matter if you're like four years apart but when you're in like high school it does so when you're like a it college does, student yeah. dating a high school student that is weird and like that it is, is weird and and i also like i don't know i I think it is weird, but I think it also is something that you look back on when you're much older and you're like, that's weird. Like currently at my current age, I think about how when I was age 13 to 17, I had a lot of friends who were in their early 20s. And like at the time, I thought it was so cool that they were talking to me. And now when I look back on it, I'm like, why were they? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm like Great that's actually question. crazy. And like, I guess we'll see what happens with gambit but i have a feeling the real answer is that gambit's gonna be kind of a loser and like that's why he's hanging out with a 16 year old like i don't I know mean, we'll see what we think of gambit when we get there but like yeah i, I mean i know. i don't know sometimes like <laughs> sometimes you are as an older person I mean, we, we've experienced it at conventions where like right. there will be people who are younger and like a little older and there's a lot of overlap in friends well, groups I, like I, that's I know, pretty, like, I, pretty I typical know my experience in my early 20s when i first started directing shows and we doing we started doing conventions we had some like some minors teenagers. who would be yeah, yeah that would be like in shows with us because they could that's allowed i mean like they have yeah, to sign there's waivers nothing and to shit stop them and, and right, also, but they still have to sign waivers it wasn't like we just were like oh you can just well, show up yes of course but it, it's it, i feel like that does it also when everybody has that kind of like arrested development cosplay brain which for the record we also had i feel like you can <laughs> enter this weird zone where you're like we're all the same age and it's no age at all but also like like i know from experience of like directing shows and stuff like just in general it's like we'll have like a mostly adult cast but then you have like some of the younger ones that are like obviously we need somebody to play this role and this is not a good example of what we're talking about in terms of relationships with people but like no, this it's is exactly like an example like the x-men <laughs> yeah it's exactly like that but you know it's like you have these kids that i don't know we would have somebody who work for us that was like or perform in a show that was like 19 20 but they were like really cool they had a great personality and you're sitting there you're like as an, an adult, you're like, oh, I want to see good things for this person. I don't mind having them around because I think if they're with us, they're in a safe zone, mm -hmm. you know, and also like we can maybe help them with the opportunities well, that I they want, you know, you and I, we've never been the type to date somebody younger. Like, no, I, and that's and that's what I'm saying. This is, that's why I said it's very different. I think that this show is positing a similar situation where like, yeah, some of them are in high school, but also in addition to high school, they're dealing with adult problems like they are fighting for their lives for their rights like I they know. are in this uh militia basically as child soldiers they're being treated like full adults by xavier like even though they are 15 and 16 like they're being treated like adults uh, to finish off this email because we're getting distracted here is that <laughs> it's had, the had, longest had, reader mail ever and we've answered I, five questions it's <laughs> a bad they, sign <laughs> oh yeah it really is this is ryan and maddie at on a sunday morning oh boy um, maddie just had coffee i'm sure she did no i didn't you did i didn't i'm just it's just me man this is just my I love regular it. I love fucking it. Your self regular energy um so what i was gonna say is that had this continued on to season five as they were predicted to do and i this is why i dread season four just stopping i know um Season five was going to at least jump into Hellfire Club and the Phoenix. I would have loved to see what they would have done with 
um, Emma Frost and how yes. they would have handled that. Would she be like the new kid in school or, or would something? Or she be an adult? Yeah, I don't know. I she probably would be a teenager because that I think way she they could have the teenager. love triangle stuff. Right, yeah. because I think also Sebastian Shaw would probably be posed as the adult manipulating her, which is Ooh. actually what did happen in the comic books when you think about it, because she yeah. was like 10 years younger than him and she joined him when she was like 19, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's interesting. Yeah, I I, I like that. I, I do too. And so, and and that that is inherently creepy and like so dark when you think about putting it in an X-Men evolution context, when it's yeah, like this, be so this older cool. man is like, manipulating this woman to do like what he wants mm -hmm. i don't know and i know that they were going to put magic and the other new mutants in season five but we didn't get to see any of that and i would well, also love to see mr sinister who i do think needs to be posed as an adult versus yes, a child of course of course he needs to be an adult yeah well these are all the things that didn't happen oh well yep um, quick other question from the the discord that says important question is time travel real of course Next yeah, question. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course it is. Also, like, Magneto is going to be time traveling for the yeah, MCU. Yeah, Magneto's time traveling, and that's how that's solved. Okay, One so let's done. go into the let's go into the dark post that I decided that we weren't going to oh open my on. God, finally, okay. This Here comes from go. Twitter, and when and which Andrew writes in saying your discussion on the post Columbine bullying campaign. Oh my God, this is dark. Oh boy. I, I was like, I'm like, we're not oh starting boy. here. Okay. I do want to answer it, but I was like, we're not going to make this question number one. Yeah. Um, that entire era was such bullshit considering the Columbine shooters were the white supremacist yes. bullies of their high school. People yep. used this tragedy to further other victims. Yeah. Which I think it's important to mention this because we didn't we have not talked about that on the we show. We've talked about and also it's probably also worth noting that that wasn't something that was made clear to teenagers like us at the time. Like that was something that was written about and covered far more in depth in the years to follow. Like at right. the time the Columbine shooters were presented at least to me in terms of how it was described to me as like bullied kids and that's it. It wasn't like why were they bullied? What happened? It was just that they were bullied and that got really flattened out into like well bullying of everyone is wrong and we need to accept all viewpoints and it's like well what about bigoted viewpoints yeah. <laughs> like what about yeah. those kids and like how do you maybe those kids need to be talked to in a different way and educated in a different way and like helped in a different way but that is clearly not what was happening for those kids and that's uh, no. its own tragedy but it's also like not how it was described at the time right so there's that i know i don't i i just remember what it was like during that time where we didn't have any real access to information on what even happened in Columbine. Yeah, we like just were told like there was school shooting. TV news that broadcast. Was news, which I don't trust almost any news source, even the good ones. Like, I'm like, they're just, it's just not well, helpful you have information. To, like, watch, you have to interact with a whole bunch of different kinds of news sources in order to figure I mean, you out would what be, happened. You would be the pro at figuring that out, probably more I than guess. I am. I don't know. It's not like it's that easy even now. I mean, so much news has gone out of business in the past few decades. That's Why are we talking true. About, okay, I don't know. Welcome to media hour with maddie media Myers. hour it's got its own theme song no, it's gonna it be like doo, 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 doo. wait it media, actually does it's like the politics is noise just like the collapse of journalism over the past several decades it's just and the people sound being of like, something wow crashing. why aren't we getting the real news and it's like i don't know could it be because independent journalism has gone out of business completely like could that be what's causing the yeah issue? i don't know i don't know I there's don't know. A, i mean what else is going out of business oh everything anyway everything. let's move on uh <laughs> this is just us being mad now okay um so this was written into us and from Jarrett that writes in, Ryan and Maddie, I wanted to ask which X-Men character do you identify most closely with? Also, thank you both for bringing some joy when everything seems so bleak. You both are truly rays of light during this god-awful time. Aww. I hope you can both reflect on how much I 
love and joy you bring to folks like me. I shouldn't have read that so fast, but oh, that's so thank cute. you. And I'm, I'm glad that we're able to do that. That's partially the reason why we went weekly is we're like, this is a time where people need this shit. They need it's to hear about which X-Men are fucking. I mean, it, there's not a lot so to do It's healthy for right us now. also. <laughs> yeah, it's something to do. So we're appreciating that. We're glad, we're glad people are enjoying it. I mean, it would have been kind of sad if we'd gone weekly and people were like, wow, we don't want this much. You guys shut <laughs> up. We would have been like, wow, okay, maybe we should stop. Okay, maybe we should just go bi-weekly again. People can only yeah. handle us every other week and that's all they can handle I know, but right? no people have been very excited about it um okay i'm trying to remember what this question even was i was like which, which x-men us. we relate to the most which oh, we've right. answered a lot on this we show but i think this lot. is interesting Although i will say that watching x-men evolution i'm remembering how much i love gene like yeah. i i feel like in past seasons of this show i've been like oh i really like rogue really like storm but like this version of Jean, I'm like, oh yeah, I loved Jean Grey when I was a teenage girl. Like you did. I, I mean, and I loved her. And this, I like don't okay, even X-Men remember Evolution. why. And X Men Evolution is like, oh, well, that's why I thought she was so cool. Well, because in X- when we had X Men Evolution, right? It's like our whole friends group had a character they could relate to on that show, which is yeah. which is actually really great. It, it shows great. what the it show can great. do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I feel like those characters that we could relate to is part of what inspired D-Men and D2 is because like, that's right. why I was Jean Grey was because I was like, I got really obsessed with Jean during this period of time. And right. like, I don't know why you picked Bobby because you're weird. I don't know. No, I, I mean, I mean for Demon, I know. I don't know. Well, okay. So, but here's the thing. I think, Oh my God, this is a complicated question, but like, I do think now that you said Bobby, like I was going to say initially the characters I've always related to the most have always been Nightcrawler and Jubilee yes. uh, for different iterations. And I'll get to Bobby in a second. I mean, Jubilee is for obvious. Like I think like Jubilee and Ryan Pagel are almost kind of the same person sometimes, which is yeah, really saying something. Bit. Yeah. Um, but Nightcrawler was somebody in terms of, the way he socializes with people and his level of energy and how goofy he is, despite what he looks like and what he feels about himself is something that I definitely relate to where I'm like, I kind of like, fuck it. Like if like, I'm just going to do me anyway and like be hyperactive and like make up for like any other awkwardness I have by being like really loud and like jumping around and social with people. So they kind of have to get used to it. I'm not nearly as charming as him, but I think that's just in my head. I don't know. You can be. Okay, that's fair. That's true. Bobby's an interesting one because like he was always the character I wanted to fuck. So like to say that I also wanted to be Bobby. (laughs) It's not entirely accurate. It's really just that you were fixated on him and found a way to justify that. Right. I mean, because like he is a character that is now canonically gay that I always thought was gay from the beginning. But like in Warcraft Valley that my self insert character always ends up with Bobby because they're both characters that are like myself are like goofy and they they're they're pranksters or jokesters but they also yeah. like when it comes to like the real shit they like get down to the real shit but then they go back to making jokes and shit you know mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. And there was a period of time where I was just straight up archangel but you know yeah well that was just the period of time when everyone was goth I don't know yeah I don't know I think that's the most relatable for me I don't know where you fall besides Jean Grey I, I mean, I would say as an adult, I, I find a lot of the other characters interesting. I've certainly cosplayed Logan a couple times as an adult because I think that's fun to do. But it's not necessarily that I'm like, oh, I really relate to Wolverine. A character <laughs> yeah, you who do. like Your no amnesia one can relate and trauma. to because I know. he's not a real person. I do like X-23. I think she's cool and is a great character who's like overcome trauma to 
you know, live onward yeah. and be herself. And I think that's relatable to a lot of people. She's got a better story than Wolverine at this point. She because does. she has this like she intense does. trauma and she's like, I'm going to just deal with it. And Logan's like, I just, I have to scream and cry for hours. And we're like, yeah. okay, that's good too. But you need to like also deal with it. Yeah. It's hard to beat Jean Grey though, because when she's done well for me, I'm like, well, she represents this character who is stronger than anybody expects her to be, which is how I try to be in my own life. And also other people are even afraid of her, which is also like goals for me where I'm like, yeah, yeah I right? just want other people to be terrified of my might. So I, I, I do like that. Like we're still, we've, we've stuck to be relating to the same characters that we've always related to, you know? Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't think that people really change that much fundamentally from when they're teenagers. Like, there's some truth to who we were then that's still who we are now. And who, that, okay. that's this us. Is, <laughs> this is just me throwing this in here. But if you could, what character would you like to be the most like that you aren't? And I think we have mm. the same answer on this, honestly, but. Who are you going to say? Well, I, I wish I was as, like, as bold as Emma Frost, for sure. Her oh, confidence yeah. is, like. She's intense. very, very cool. I, or if I could be as cool and level-headed as Storm, that would be great. I would love but I to be not. like Storm. Weirdly, the first character who popped to mind was Beast, actually, because I feel really? like he... Well, he's he's really smart. He's really well-read, and I respect that. But he also like has complicated politics as well that I really respect, where it's like he really seems to listen to all perspectives and evaluate things in an interesting way. I don't know. I feel like that's a character whose energy I could probably stand to emulate more often as opposed to being more like a Jean Grey where I'm just angry constantly. I don't know. Oh, no, I mean, I guess that's fair. And also like <laughs> but, to embrace the nerdiness in a way yeah, that we still have Yeah, embrace the nerdiness and like it. love himself and just be like, whatever. I, I look how I look. I am who I am. I don't fucking care anymore. And he's like yeah. really abandoned those inner demons in a way that I respect a lot. But you're right. Jean, you're right. Emma Frost and Storm are fucking iconic. So. Yeah, they are. I just want to be Mr. Sinister, clearly. Oh, my God. Anyway, the real answer is Mr. Sinister. Mr. Sinister. Okay. Um, Next question from (laughs) totally not Mr. Sinister on Discord. It's somebody who has that name. That's legit. They write in, who would you want to write in the X books after this era is over as an absolute fantasy? Uh, Mm. And the first, the very, very, very first uh, response I had right away was Gail Simone. I think she would do fantastic on that. Yeah, Um, that's true. I, it's like it's just see. straight up Gail Simone. I I mean, I've loved all the work she's done. She's very progressive and honestly gets what the X-Men's about already. So it's not like it's a far reach for her to start writing that. Yeah, um, I've, I would, I've enjoyed the Gail Simone stuff that I've read. I... I thinking about this a lot, I think my answer's gotta be Ryan Pagella. I think he has some <laughs> Okay, but honestly, really yeah, me too. You know what thanks. Really let's let's erase the previous comment. <laughs> about what what could happen to Mr. Sinister, how how to clean up some of the potholes in the X-Men, how to write Deadpool and have him be really funny, well, but also if you actually stay tuned queer. soon enough, you'll at least have a taste of that. So <laughs> I don't know. I I can't think of a serious answer, but I, I actually like I don't know. It's kind of too hey, bad. You know what? Honestly, in my ten year plan, I do want to be writing for X-Men at some point. Do. So let's make it happen. Happen. let's hope they don't ever listen to this show and then it'll be okay. more likely to happen <laughs> <laughs> i will maybe it's a, that's what catapults it forward they're like this ryan guy seems to know what he's talking we love about all of the porn that ryan's written on this <laughs> we show. love reading we love reading hearing about his fan fictions on warcraft valley where the his character fucks all the x-men yeah that's what that's what marvel comics wants 
And that's yeah. why they're going to be tapping. I mean, Ryan they're going to be, be they're going to be banging at the front Sinister door. Solo series that will be like nothing you've ever previously. Oh my imagined. god! Why hasn't that happened? Oh my know. god! They Marvel hire me. Yeah. All right. Anyway, um, this next e- uh, email comes from Drake, who writes in: I recently reread Life, Death, and found myself wanting to read more comics about Storm, especially considering that she doesn't get to do as much in X Men Evolution. What comics would you recommend? I should have prepared for this question. Well, I did a little bit, but like. I, off the top of my head, my favorite arc still is from Extreme X-Men when the 2000s, when she was battling Kalisto in that like underground cage match. But like she was not using her powers. It was just right. her fist just fighting. Her and Callisto fighting. Yeah. And I, I thought that was great. Um, I did pull up like what according to Google are the 10 best comic books. And cool. I'm not going to read them all because I feel like that's kind of like cheap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say the ones that I agree with because I wanted to pull this up. There is there's a fun one where she is bitten by Dracula because that's a thing that we have to revisit every once in a while. But that's every not now like and then there's vampires good? in the X Men. Yeah, yeah, like I wouldn't say that's like a good one. Um, okay, so there's actually like a couple of them. There's one in Uncanny X Men where I know Storm doesn't have her powers. There's a period of time where she doesn't have them and she has to fight three characters with superpowers and she f- beats them. Um, that one's really good then there's also that whole period of time in which logan's getting married to mariko and it's the time that storm cuts her hair like a mohawk into a mohawk because she is dealing with i think she doesn't have her powers here and so she's bad she's she's hanging out with yukio all the time yeah yeah and like just becomes really aggressive in a really like rebellious kind of way I love all of those. I love the one, the story that's like goes way back into the 80s when Mohawk Storm fights Cyclops for leadership of the X-Men and she wins. That's mm-hmm, a really good mm-hmm. one. Um, I, I don't even know. I think that's X-Men here. Look it up. Uh, 201, Uncanny X-Men 201. Yeah. They're, they're, I actually, I would actually just recommend anything from Storm when she's powerless, actually, because like that is where you really get to see Storm you still get to know be her Storm. More. I feel right. like any anytime she's leading the X Men is fun. There are some X twenty three comics where Storm is leading the X Men and fighting with Scott as well that I remember really liking. I really like any X twenty three comic, but I also like Storm getting to be there for X twenty three, who hasn't had someone in her life in that way. Yeah. Um, also, there's the Storm solo series, which is actually pretty good. Yeah, I mean. That's the one that Alexandra Ship turned to when she was playing her for all the shitty X-Men movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That one, that one's pretty good. Um, oh, also, if you can find the original Callisto versus Storm Warlock story, that's great. I'm sure it's on Marvel Unlimited. I mean, like, that's kind of I mean, the good thing enough. about it all of this be, is that it's right? like everything is on there. Like, you can find everything that we just said immediately. So, yeah. Uh, I know that I know some people like to tend to recommend the one where she loses her powers because of Forge and then finds out that it's Forge and she like dumps his ass. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, Sad. Yeah. So there's lots of ways to go. I unfortunately don't feel like there's been very strong storm stories in a while in terms yeah. of comic books. So yeah. I don't know what's going on there. It's like she got they got distracted for a while where she was the queen of Wakanda. And I know at some point they did a whole like her trying to deal with both of those things, being an mm-hmm. X-Men and the Queen of Wakanda. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, you know, actually, hold on. Wait, hold on, hold on. There is a brand new comic book right now that you should go read. I'm clapping. Okay, so <laughs> the new Marauders, which I think is like number 13 or 14, is about, because they're getting ready for the X of Swords or whatever this, this crazy batshit story is. And so she's going to be one of the sword wielders and she goes to Wakanda to get the sword there. Mm. And it's a really fantastic story where... 
it's storm is compassionate but also like you know they're like you can't take this sword without t'challa's like permission he's not going to be back for six days and she's like well my entire race depends on doing this like tomorrow and yeah. like sherry's all like no you can't yeah. take it so she goes and takes it anyway and there's this whole fight and then finally t'challa shows up in the end he's like oh, if you'd asked to take this, I'll like, I would have given it to you. And she's like, I don't have time to wait for you to show up to protect my people, which yeah. I think was like essentially why they broke up in the long run. It's like, you know, because he's, cool. he's off being diplomatic and Storm's like, we need to fight. So, you know, <laughs> that's kind of like how it goes, but that's and a so really that's good like one. a brand new run in the Exo Swords situation. Yeah, this was like out like last week, you know, cool. so honestly, so people can check that out. Yeah, I, find I know that. that you had said you didn't really like Exoswords, but do you like it now? You feel like it's getting good? I don't really understand what the fuck is happening still. <laughs> so either. like, I, but I they sent you a DM. I was like, Ryan, can you explain Exoswords to me? And you were like, no, I can't. <laughs> I mean, like, really, we're in this state, period of time where we're collecting and finding out which nine X-Men were chosen to be to wear the Exoswords. Yeah, and it's very, now they're standing in a, like, ocarina like of time, Zelda, like, sage. Yeah, yeah, like, they have I to know. collect all the amulets and, like, the seven sages are there. Like, what yeah, the fuck I mean, it's happening. pretty much that it has to do with the apocalypse and the other world and all this shit and so like I do enjoy sort of the magical components sometimes but I'm like what's happening what is interesting about this is that it's completely rewriting apocalypse as a character in his history yes, which I which, think thank goodness I mean honestly I would did some one of the writers on this of X-Men currently listen to our show and listen to us be like this is how you can do apocalypse correctly because he's very interesting now and I actually am like feeling for him emotionally as a character and I'm like I actually kind of I'm rooting for him a little bit which is very strange I've never had that before so mm. anyway uh yeah, we're going way off track here we still have a couple more of these to go so cool um, well those are some storm comics people should read yeah you should <laughs> this is from Somebody on Discord that said, would you rather bang Wolverine with a Hulk-sized dick or Hulk with a Wolverine-sized dick? What? What are the two dick sizes? <laughs> yeah, okay, that's a good point. I think it's like a Hulk-sized dick is giant, maybe? Okay. I don't want a giant dick either way. <laughs> yeah, Like, what? I just want a normal-sized dick, whatever that Why even classifies as. Why can't you bang Wolverine is. with a normal-sized dick? You Why? Know, it just makes me think all, of that. First of all, Wolverine is a sub. We all know this about him. So right. Wolverine wants to be fucked, probably. That yeah, okay, that's funny. Assume. Katie and I said that the other day. I'm like, I turned to Cody, I turned to Katie because we were, we were talking about Warcraft Valley or reading it, and it's like, right. he's like fucking Gambit. And I turned to Katie, I'm like, why are you posing this as if Gambit would ever be on the bottom when, like, Wolverine is clearly a bottom for everyone? And yeah, Katie's like, even I don't Gambit, know. who I would also say is a sub, at least in most of Katie's conception of Gambit. So, like, <laughs> but also Gambit's charming and is usually putting he the moves charming. on people. I feel so. like in that particular pairing, Gambit and Logan would probably switch for each other because they like understand each other's needs. So, like, right. That's a unique situation. But most of the time, I think Wolverine would want to get fucked. Maybe he wants to get fucked by a Hulk-sized dick. I don't know. Logan might I mean, prefer I, that. That Maybe just makes me think that. of like all that weird anime porn where like it's like suddenly like the character is tiny, but they have like a 25-foot dick and it like yeah. rips the other person apart. And I'm like, this isn't even I'm fun. not really into either of these things. I Yeah. I, sorry. I, like, sorry. I can't, there's no answer here. There's the answer no is like answer. neither. The good answer is you check in with Logan about his needs, I guess. I yes, don't know. I mean, you find out what Logan's interested in. The man had a hard enough life. I don't, I don't really care what size your dick is anyway. Like, as the person here who is, like, actively yeah, involved. Yeah, but also, like, I just feel like, it for me, when it comes... You know, let's just talk about Ryan having sex. When I have sex, it's more about... <laughs> For me, it's show? all about the foreplay, okay? Like, it's about yeah. the, the connection you have with that person. And, like, the getting off part of it is just sort of, like, 
the bonus of it all, but I would rather do all the other stuff than like you're worry not about, about dick the Hulk sizes. Size dick is what you're saying. You're yeah. about the Hulk sized feelings. <laughs> yes, that is such a Ryan answer. Anyway, do anyway, you have any? Do you corny. have anything you want to add to that, Maddie? Nope. I okay. think that's where we now the whole it. world gets to know about Ryan's sex life, as if like Great. this is the first time. All right, so <laughs> before we get into our voicemail, I'll go through this final email that says, "Hey, mutant ages, this is future Ryan or past Ryan or present Ryan writing <gasps> from the past, but also the future. Wow. Time travel is confusing, also real. <laughs> C- and Cable is all hot and naked in the shower from time traveling, but that is beside the point, at least mm-hmm. for you, Mister Sinister, who was really myself in my clever Halloween costume on Twitter, recently tweeted, "Here's the thing: if the Thanos snap turns people to mutants, it takes away from the." quintessential plot of mutants being the next stage of human evolution whereas it makes sense if mutants were already in the mcu hiding for potential prejudice especially after the civil war conflict what are your thoughts on this technically i already know my answer but i'm from the future and there are even more vlogs and journals to look through so uh just talk about this on the episode this is getting really confusing for me even to write and i'm getting really distracted now because logan is here and also getting into the shower and both cable and logan are sticking their head out (laughs) looking for me so i'm going to go use my frog powers and jump into the shower bye Okay, thanks. Um, You're I, welcome. I believe I faved this tweet because I agreed with it. Yeah. I do agree with it. I also think that watching X-Men Evolution is reminding me that a story about the closet at X-Men is actually really fun and interesting It is, still. and it's a really an important story, you know? Yeah. like. And I feel like the MCU could totally do that and be like, yeah. hey, it turns out Xavier's Institute did exist and these kids were all going to high school together. Like, just do the X-Men Evolution thing and just have yeah. it be set in 2020. I, how interesting would it be, actually, if they, they had actually been there at a the lot of these time, events? The whole time, but closeted, yeah. But, but at, at set, a lot of these events and also helping people this whole time. So when we get to the X-Men, they've already formed, like, three An teams. Alliance, we're in, like, yeah, that yeah. would be really fun. It'd just be like, hey, we've been underground this whole time. And, like, also, they'd maybe even be mad about being discovered yeah, yeah. exactly and Very maybe they thought about coming forward but then civil war happened you know i don't they know they may have found other ways to help people in the background that like i don't know i mean also that was the avengers fucking fault like that was their mess to clean up yeah it's not, I, I just feel i just feel like if you thanos snap it and be like okay there were mutants here that now have it because of Thanos snaps snap that way i just I don't, don't think, think so either i don't think it works it, it like as i said it it defies the point that this is natural human evolution like you yes. know and if you suddenly do that then it's like a whole weird alien thing and i don't want to do that again because we already did it with inhumans and that was a bad show yep so. it was a bad show and also there are interesting inhuman stories that they have told in the comics like at this point and that's a separate metaphor and that's cool yeah that's fine. i mean hopefully they fix all the bad shit they did with inhumans on the mcu when they bring in kamala khan you know we'll that is my hope that is my they hope. are bringing her in which is going to be cool i hope it is i hope it's cool well they just cast her so that's know, a big deal i know i'm excited that they're casting her i'm excited about it even though my heart is cold and dead i'm so excited <laughs> about it um okay we have this one voicemail so i'll play it for us and then excellent a voicemail uh, let me see if i do this right Hey guys, uh, this is Seth. I'm calling from the UK. Can you hear this? Yes. They didn't get very many, very, well, sorry. It said, said they didn't get many voicemails, so I thought I'd leave you one. Um, it looks like your 100th episode is coming up, which is very impressive. Um, yes. I started listening just on your uh, excellent evolution stuff and also catching up with some of the movies. Um, it, it was uh, good and bad to be reminded of the Wolverine movies. <laughs> Here we are. Um, Looking forward to the rest of your stuff, and I, and I think I'm also quite looking forward to you guys doing that first class because I enjoyed that film. But I think there's oh, so yeah. much stuff that might not be quite as good on reflection. So uh, keep on going, guys, and I'll uh, see you next time. See you next time. Okay, oh first gosh. of all, thank you for calling. I thought this was so cool that we have somebody from out of the States who I liked know. the show. Oh I my love God. 
Yes. I love that hearing from somebody from another part of the world listening to the show enjoying yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I'm really. I'm so excited to learn about people jumping onto the show because of X-Men Evolution. Like, that's exciting right. to me. That's very cool. And props to this person for going back and listening to some of our old apps and listening to the live action reviews. I'm yes. also excited about First Class for the same Me too, reason. because, okay, it's like not accurate at all, but like, it's I not, felt like it was a fun liked movie at, at least, you know? But what are we going to think of it now? I really I think, don't know. Well, I, here's the thing that all this, all those movies that went back and like really that and Days of Future Past were the only ones that were okay. Like, well, we remember we thought they were okay. At I, the time. I, don't, I don't. I know. I know that I don't like what they did with Emma Frost on that. But yeah. I also I do really like. I remember um, liking Michael, Michael Fassbender, Fassbender as Magneto. I yeah. liked his conception of the character a lot with that like coiled. They also made rage. Xavier Magneto so gay on that I on know. purpose, which is I like. Reinvoked. Remember what we did? Oh my God, we did X Men for the dating game. We did our X Men theme show did, for Kineticon, and, and that was, it was the conception of it. You played Michael Fassbender's version yeah, of Magneto. Yeah, Katie that was and I were, were like those characters. That we worked them into the future where we kind of crossed over with like I the X Men comics. And I got to be the Dark Phoenix. But I remember which is all at the end really we kissed, and your now ex at the time was like. I don't understand why they're kissing. It doesn't really make any sense. But like he hadn't previously thought that about any other character we made yeah. kiss at the end. And we were also, like, these Magneto are the... Also, and Xavier kissing was the most logical ship we and ever that's what did. I was like, we were like, we're like, wait a second. What? You're requesting this, but not like Spike from Buffy and Edward Cullen? <laughs> okay, that ship makes a lot of sense, actually. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, but anyway, so I just remember laughing really hard at that. But no, I am excited yeah. about First Class. Um, if we were going in the order that we had been going, we would have done first class next. But actually, this show is going to line up exactly with the time that New Mutants is hitting That's Disney+. That's right. And I have said that I think we should go ahead and watch New Mutants because why not? It's going to be on digital release. It's probably right. going to be bad. We all know about it already. But I figure Ryan and I... Yeah, I'm really looking forward Todd to all the racism that's in there already. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. Can't wait to analyze more racism because we don't get enough of it on this show. we got to do it sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll get to it. So then, then we'll get to watch first class after that, right? Isn't that the next one after? Yes, that? it would be after that. So, yeah. so, uh, so you're gonna, you, it's gonna be after season two of X Men Evolution, but we'll we'll get there when we get yeah, there. Yeah, and thanks so much for coming aboard the show and following along with us. That's so exciting! Yay! Okay, is so it time? It is time. Are you <laughs> ready for time. this? Because like. Because I was not expecting us to do an hour and 20 minutes of ready, like man. reader mail. I gotta know what's happening with the Mutant Ages, the comic book. Yeah. <laughs> man, I forgot we were recording this morning. Well, we're going to record for two and a half hours. Uh, <laughs> some fucking lunch after this yeah me too seriously I always burn off some calories laughing on the mutant ages i know honestly that this show makes this me feel so good <laughs> it is it is i mean it's not making me laugh as intensely as spike cam that, that was episode peak i think even editing it i was like this is the most i think we've ever laughed i felt like spike episode. cam is like our peak episode before i felt that way about um externally yours yeah. yeah which but is funny because today's him. episode is called bring me the butter dish <laughs> great okay great so uh as we last left off we had dealt with the whole archon situation where we we're teleporting around we met cable who had told emma and tessa about the future and how somebody's fucking with the timelines and yes. so that's why they have hired the, the mutant, mutant ages. ages to take us 
to take care of things. Maddie now has a portal gun that shoots through time, which is really actually kind of awesome. It is. Maddie's got like a keytar strapped to her back that so shoots energy tools. beams, and you I'm have this so portal useful. gun. I know. And then like Todd and I You're are also there. there. Todd is there to to make funny comments. You're there. Yeah, to make and we silly just comments. portaled our way into Katie's house, so that right? is where we're at. Katie, Katie of Warcraft Valley fame. Yeah. So. Maddie, Ryan, Todd, and Katie all stared at each other in silence. Logan was also staring silently. Oh yeah, Wolverine's here, by the way. I forgot that. Uh, Logan was also staring silently, but he kept sheathing and unsheathing his claws repeatedly, so he wasn't very quiet. If anything, he was kind of awkward. So are we all just going to stare at each other? Are we going to explain what's happening here? Todd finally asked. Ryan pointed out Wolverine. This is Wolverine, Ryan said knowingly. Yes, I know that, Katie shouted. Why is he in my house? Why are any of you in my house? Oh, no. Ryan, did you literally hunt down Wolverine to bone him? (laughs) What? Logan asked, confused. Stop bringing guys over to my house to bane them on my waterbed, Katie pleaded. I'm I'm not going to, Ryan defended himself. The cat just puked on your bed. Uh, also, banging Logan on a waterbed is dangerous I for mean, multiple actually, reasons. I mean, actually, it's dangerous, but also kind of sounds fun now that I've pointed out. And this is going to be like Edward Scissorhands all over again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, Okay. I'm not letting this spiral happen, Maddie interjected. She clearly had a lot of practice in dealing with this very specific situation. <laughs> Katie, we're here because we've been hired to work for the X-Men secretly to fix the timelines. Or some other nonsense, Todd chimed in. But I'm genuinely entertained by it. Also, I'm Todd. Because I just realized that Katie and Todd have never met each other. (laughs) I mean, technically, we haven't met in person either, but I talk to Todd all the time at this point. I've met Todd in person. I feel like I've met Todd in person. (laughs) You kind of have. It's fine. (laughs) It's been like years and years of us talking online. They're like pen pals. Uh, Anyway. Oh, yeah, Ryan's spraying up. Katie, this is Todd. Now you can finally meet in person. (laughs) Ryan, we literally just met in person and introduced ourselves without your help, Katie said. You still haven't explained how you got in here. Ryan has a key, but he's not very good at being quiet while using it. He usually trips into the house, calls the cats, slams through all of my cupboards looking for food, and then eventually asks if I'm there. This is true, by the way. (laughs) Do you really do all of that, Todd asked Ryan. And Ryan nodded in response. To answer the question, Katie, we just met Cable and he gave us a time travel gun, Maddie said, holding up her giant white gun that Mm -hmm. was clearly a portal replica Cable bought and had modded after playing the game. (laughs) What the fuck? Katie asked. Now I'm even more confused. Well, let's get unconfused, princess, Logan said with his gruff, sexy voice that Ryan literally ogled at in the moment. Why the hell would the gun transport us here? Because they need to recruit her for the team. Clearly, Emma said, sauntering into the living room. (laughs) Okay, how did she get in here, Katie asked. (laughs) This is so Katie, by the way. It seems your upstairs neighbor left all the doors to the house wide open, Emma said. (laughs) How classy. Classy. Emma, Logan asked, surprised, and also a little too late. (laughs) I do not understand why you continue to be so baffled by, by my existence when you are too busy to show up to meetings because you are off running naked through the woods of Canada like an idiotic Neanderthal, Emma replied. (laughs) (laughs) Emma, dear, Todd Todd started, I love you, but you really are not the one to judge about who isn't wearing clothes. (laughs) (laughs) At least Logan isn't off summoning the sort of omens in bed with Panthro again, Katie said in a passing tone. Wait, what is that even a reference to? Maddie asked, genuinely confused. (laughs) 
And how do you know about that, Bob? Logan cried, also genuinely confused. He spun around the room. What? Okay, so now that's also part of this reality? (laughs) It's becoming... Because Logan then spins around and screams, and why does this place seem so damn familiar? (laughs) Okay, this this is a really funny comic. Anyway. (laughs) I'm sure that there's an episode of Warcraft Valley, our other podcast about our X-Men fanfiction that explains it, Ryan said, looking directly into his camera and vlogging. (laughs) Click the link below to listen to it. As much as I enjoy listening to you idiots banter, I have better things to do, which is namely literally anything else than this, Emma said. So I will get to the point. We need your help on the team, little Katie. It's your powers that may bring some clarity as to why our timelines and realities are being altered. Well, I'm going to go ahead and ask what your powers are, Todd said. Katie smiled. I can communicate with inanimate objects, Katie said proudly. Todd eyed the thousands of toys Katie had at her house. Wow. Should I be worried about this, Todd asked. Her powers probably aren't even real, Ryan whispered. Yeah, they are, dumbass. And that's not whispering, Katie said. She hurled, <laughs> she hurled her battle Mountain Dew at Ryan's head. He dodged it with ease, but still managed to fall over into the cat tower. Great. Of course her powers are real, you imbecile. Why would I send you here if they were less than park? Emma asked, clearly annoyed at whatever the hell was going on between Katie and Ryan. Mm-hmm. Katie has the innate ability to converse with any inanimate object. You may be wondering how that is possible, so, lo- so allow me to explain. Everything that exists has energy to it. It is the same way us psychics communicate, or how an elemental wielding mutant can connect with their powers, like pyro with fire. Katie can tap into those energies and talk to it, so she can see whatever the object has seen or been touched by, and whose energy has been left behind on it. That's like a hugely overpowered ability for Katie. Oh, we get to get better. I know, right? That's <laughs> amazing. That's great, M. But what happens with these when these kids go into battle? Logan said, scratching his claws together. Well, I have a secondary mutation. Katie explained. I can possess any inanimate object and assume its form. Ooh. I can become a car if I needed to, but we all know that I don't like to drive. <laughs> it's True. a pretty cool power, honestly, Maddie piped in. She used to possess a wolf she used to possess a wolf stuffed animal for Ryan's haunted house and would run after people scaring them. Hmm. That sounds like some, the equivalent of what we were trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I mean we did start this episode about a haunted house. Great. So let's have her turn into a house and drop it on the enemy, Todd suggested. Well, here's the other thing, Katie said sheepishly. Everyone stared at her. Whenever I possess an object, I have to take a nap for at least three hours afterwards. (laughs) Katie, I love this. (laughs) Besides, Logan piped in. I need more time to jump on the enemy and get tangled up in their tentacles first. (laughs) True. Very true. As usual, the unique powers in this group are very limiting, Emma said, slightly annoyed. I mostly have a lot of questions about all these toys now, Todd said. I am literally everything in the house. Yep. This has been enough dilly-dally for my afternoon, Emma said. You must take the portal gun to the next location to find a mystical object that may know who is messing with the timeline, if you can handle this simple task. Mm. Nothing about what you said is simple, Maddie pointed out. <laughs> Todd nodded oh his God, head. This is and- such a video game. Like, we're just, like, going around collecting stuff. I mean, I- yeah, I know, right? I mean, it is us. Uh, yeah. Todd nodded his head in agreement. Just get to work, Emma said. Tessa and I will be in contact. Thank you for my time and my patience. Emma strutted out of the room. <laughs> Katie, I guess you're part of the team now, Maddie said, as she aimed her time travel gun. You may, want, you may want to change for this. Maybe we should all change, Ryan suggested. Logan and I can change in Katie's bedroom. <laughs> and do what? Seeing, oh, what a beautiful morning, Katie said. She ripped off her clothing to feel she was already in a superhero costume. Besides, I'm already dressed. Aww, I, gen- I know so Katie by the way <laughs> I genuinely want to know how you just did that Toss said 
Too many years of cosplay, Katie replied. With that, Mehdi aimed the time travel gun at the nearest wall and fired off another round, opening another portal. Ryan turned on his vlogging camera. Let's go, everyone, he said, <laughs> then proceeded to giggle and run full speed into the portal, barreling over Katie, tripping and knocking them both through it. Maddie and Todd not even Maddie and Todd followed through like normal people. When they got through the gateway, the portal closed behind them. They looked around at their surroundings. It was humid, musky, and dark. They were surrounded by trees and murky water. A few alligators lied patiently in the shadow shallow end of the water. A large broken tree stump sat at the end of the water. What the hell? Did Cable and Emma just send us into a swap? Maddie asked, yes. slightly annoyed. Look, Ryan, yeah. Katie cried out. It's an alligator. Ryan, look. Hey, dumbass, there's an alligator. Look, I'm going to take a picture. <laughs> Katie. <laughs> this is like just us at Animal Literally Kingdom, by the way. Literally just Katie. That's uh, yeah. what Katie talks like. <laughs> we're, now in, we're now deep in the southern bayous of Louisiana, Ryan said with his... Hor- oh, wait, I, I just read this wrong. Sorry. We're now deep in the southern bayous of Louisiana, Ryan said with a horrible southern accent into his camera, <laughs> walking directly in front of Katie. It's time for Mardi Gras, y'all. Ryan, you walk directly into my shot. You do this every time, Ryan, Katie cried out angrily. Oh, I didn't know you were taking a picture, Ryan yelled into the camera. I literally just said it was taking a picture, Katie snapped back. Ryan just made an obnoxious scream into his camera in response. Are they always like this, Todd asked. They've been doing this weird shit for like 20 years, Maddie replied. She, cla- she clapped her hands loudly to get their attention. <laughs> This is like, by the way, in Disney World, it was like Katie and I going back and forth, tripping over each other, running around, and Maddie being like, where are we going? I feel like Disney World was also like each of the three of us having moments where two of us would be getting along and the third person would be annoyed <laughs> the other two, but it would constantly be changing as to who to it be, was. Okay, but to be fair, Maddie was legitimately, I mean, not Maddie, Katie was legitimately annoyed at us when we were in Epcot know, because like, we spent were, like, 20. Quoting Kingdom Hearts like Yes, and we were, and we sat times. there and we were like trying to decide what our organization 13 names were and Katie was like, I'm going to kill them. And honestly, she should have. I know, I know. I We're incredible. I don't know why I know, anybody. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, before any of this weird argument could continue, there was a ruffling in the, le- in the leaves. Everyone spun around wildly, Brian a few too many times, and to make a cool effect on his camera. He bumped <laughs> into Katie, who was immediately annoyed. Wolverine unsheathed his claws. A bunch of dudes who looked like that they all fell out of a cyberpunk version of the Fiddler on the Roof waltzed out carrying gold but- a golden butter dish. Behind yes. them were Rogue Jean and Wolverine. Before what? anyone could at- <laughs> before anyone could react, another group of cyberpunk theater kids walked out onto another pathway from the woods. They also carried a golden butter dish. Behind them was Gambit in a southern suit and his Lady Belladonna wearing a ridiculous dress that could best be described as something worn by a character in a Where's Waldo adaption of the gold rush. <laughs> uh, Remy? Rogue hollered out. Rogue? Remy replied just as confused. Seducer! Belladonna screamed, pointing at Rogue. Jean? Logan screamed at Jean, legitimately confused by her presence, but not that there was another Wolverine. Is it really you? <laughs> yes, Logan, it's me. But why are you confused that it's me when there are two of you? Jean replied. <laughs> Just checking that I ain't, that you ain't morph again, Logan replied. We like to role play. We like to role play when you're off with Scott. I mean, I don't remember anything. My memories. <laughs> What is happening right now? Maddie asked, genuinely confused. Like, what the fuck is this? And look at why aren't you confused that there are two of you right now? Oh, don't worry. We run into each other all the time, Bob Wolverine 2 answered. Yeah, sometimes there are three of us and it gets real confusing around Halloween. Wolverine followed <laughs> followed up. How do you think we're in three different teams at the same time all the time? <laughs> 
that does Halloween, Ryan screamed a little off topic. Maddie, we have to start planning for next year's haunted house. Shit, you're right, Maddie replied. She paused. <laughs> Wait, you work for another haunted house. Stop distracting me. Can somebody explain what's going on? <laughs> I don't know, but if anyone is hurt, they can come stay in my bed at my house, Katie said. <laughs> Gambit, may, Gambit may just take you up on the offer, Gambit said, winking at Katie. Katie winced. <laughs> this conversation. I know, I know. And Katie, and Katie winced. It's not like that. I just want to be your mom, especially after you've been tortured, Katie replied with a wink. Gab is still into it. Gabbit replied with another wink. Oh, okay. Why is this happening? Oh, okay. Ryan replied for some reason, also winking at Wolverine. Why is everyone winking? Maddie cried out as Todd patted, on her, patted her back to console her. What the fuck is with the butter dishes? It's not even Thanksgiving. What's happening right now? <laughs> By the way, I like this version of reality where fan fiction is real. That's and also, fun. like, Maddie is still legitimately confused I'm, by I'm it. I'm confused in real life listening to it. The real yeah. Maddie's confused. Well, Maddie, I mean, it is Maddie's favorite uh, catchphrase. It's what's happening or what's going on. So, <laughs> And I'll never uh, know. I'll never know. <laughs> the great fairy of the Louisiana swamp is coming to collect her tribute, Bobby the Thief explained. The entire state is run by a, a, this fascist fairy empress. If we don't bring her gold butter dishes, she will destroy all of Louisiana. Anna, mm. the great what? Maddie literally shouted before anyone else could ha- follow us up. Gambit knocked the golden, brish, golden butter dish out of the thieves' hands. The butter dishes the assassins gave you is a fake. They want you to be killed by the great fairy. Gambit cried out. You slime ball! Belladonna shrieked. She pushed a button in between her cleavage. Gambit grabbed his crotch and fell to the ground, vibrating. The cock reads too much for Gambit. Even Gambit not into this. Gambit screamed, writhing and playing on the ground. Katie quickly ran over to Gambit and caught Gambit in her arms. Gumbo's junk belongs to me, Wolverine 2 screamed, jumping at Belladonna, claws extended. Ah, hell no, Swamp Queen's mine, Rogue replied, flying at Belladonna, who simply moved out of the way of Wolverine and Rogue, who now ran into each other, hit each other so hard they went flying backwards. Wolverine 1 jumped at Belladonna while screaming and tackled her to the ground. We ain't trusting new assassins no more, Emil the Thief screamed. This seemed to summon dozens upon dozens of more cyberpunk theater kids out of the woods to fight each other. Each other. <laughs> sure. some, did a, some did a musical number of West Side Story in the background. Katie screamed as both Wolverines got thrown at them, get, knocking Gambit off her lap and in between the two Wolverines. <laughs> I I don't know why there'd be two Logans at this party, but Gambit is liking this sandwich, Remy said, waking up Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> waking at one of the wolverines while grabbing the other one's butt neither of the wolverines stopped him or moved for that matter ryan ran into the middle of the battle next to them with his camera out look they're making a wolverine sandwich wolverine sandwich ryan shouted excitedly over the lasers being shot everywhere <laughs> just like our resident evil rap about jill valentine on the mutant ages channel on youtube.com yep that's right <laughs> Do y'all want to help with y'all happy lazing around being snack food for some gators? Rogue screamed as she punched Jell- Belladonna into a tree. A man <laughs> jumped out of the tree and shot Rogue. Wolverine 2 got got up and jumped on the man with a laser beam and clawed at his knee. The assassin fell to the ground and into Katie's lap. Oh no, it's Grease the assassin, Katie said, catching the man whose name was apparently Grease, something <laughs> only Katie would know about Gambit's history. Grease... <laughs> Grease 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 hurt his knee 
What the actual fuck is happening right now, Toddy? Maddie asked Todd. Toddy, oh my God. Maddie <laughs> asked Todd. He just shrugged. I can't decide if it's more useful for us to be involved with this fight or stay out of it, Todd said. Before they could make a decision on any of this, the water from the swamp twirled around behind them into a little tornado as a woman dressed like Betty Spaghetti appeared in a ridiculous goth outfit that she probably bought at Hot Topic back when Hot Topic was actually cool. <laughs> yeah. Not now. Uh, I'm here for my butter dish, Betty Spaghetti cried out. Who's this Final Fantasy character, Maddie asked. It's not Final Fantasy, Todd said. No dress fear looks that bad. <laughs> I have the eternal known as, as Betty Spaghetti started, but stopped to see the fight happening in front of her. How dare you act like this upon my arrival? You have proven that you are not worthy of my protection, and as such, I must destroy the country of Louisiana. Louisiana isn't a country, Todd pointed out. Get a map. Uh, <laughs> but it was too late. Betty Spaghetti made a little tornado spin around uh, around her like, synchronized, like a synchronized water dance. She screamed as lightning crashed to the ground. Jean, show her the truth of what's going on, Logan cried out. I can't. There's too many people nearby, and I can't actually do anything right now. Oh, no, Jean screamed, then fell to the ground moaning sexually for some reason. Wolverine, too, got kicked back by an assassin on top of Jean. He, too, started to roll around on the ground. Gambit also fell on the ground between them and started, started to moan. Remy, what are you doing, Katie asked Gambit, as if she had known him for years. Don't worry, <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Cher. I'm not hurt. Gambit just wanted to get in on the action. Gambit replied, eyeing Wolverine and Jean while winking. Okay, this is crazy. I'm putting a stop to this, Maddie said, grabbing her guitar. She started to play a little tune. You may think you're a smash hit, Betty Spaghetti, but the truth is that your album bombed. <laughs> Maddie let loose a beam of light from her guitar, which hit the goth spaghetti, Betty Spaghetti, sending her flying backwards into one of her own tornadoes. Angrily, she thrashed out of it and started to strike down at the ground with lightning, setting trees and other shit on fire. Maddie kept playing her tunes and firing at the woman, but it's kind of tough to win against an immortal god. Mm. Meanwhile, Ryan was running around with try tried to vlog everything when an assassin popped up behind him, gun drawn. By the way, this is like shit that would happen to you. I'd be like, filming everything. I I'd be like, I'd be like, I have to capture the footage. Everyone's like, Ryan, there's a car about to hit you. Uh, <laughs> uh, Wolverine screamed, leaping over Ryan and tackling the assassin to the ground, clawing him to death. It was a pretty, it was pretty gruesome for no real reason. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan said with a smile. Anytime, Logan said, smiling back. They stared at each other for a moment. When an assassin finally popped out behind Logan, Ryan gasped for like a full 10 seconds, then pushed Logan away. Freeze frame, Ryan screamed. The assassin temporarily froze in place. Ryan did like 12 backflips around the assassin, rolled around <laughs> on the ground doing a little floor show. They kicked the assassin back into a tree. Logan smiled. Nice moves, Logan said. Looks like you ain't too shabby yourself. Oh, I know how to fight, Ryan responded. I just like to vlog and have fun instead. You can be positive in any situation, even in this fight. <laughs> like So true, Ryan. Yeah, so I know. True. Ryan spun and did a little peace sign. Logan definitely checked out his ass. The slow interaction was soon interrupted by lightning striking down between them. They both dodged out of the way. Logan landed on top of Ryan. They wrapped their arms around each other for protection. A nearby tree cracked and fell down and fell on half the fighting parties, trapping Katie behind it with an injured gambit, Jean and Wolverine. A bunch more assassins jumped out of the tree. Kill them! Belladonna screamed, followed by a haughty laugh. That's that's a good cue for Maddie to do a haughty laugh. Like a <laughs> there we go. Thank you. Uh, leave Gambit's goods intact for me, though. I need to tie him up later so he can be punished. Katie looked around. They were surrounded. Jean had passed out from trying to use just a little bit of her powers, and Wolverine 2 had been instantly knocked out, by, knocked out and was wrapped around in what looked like a tentacle for some reason. Of course. There's it's up to you, Cher. 
Gambit said. If Gambit uses his powers, Bandana will zap his family jewels, and we all know there is nothing Gambit could steal that's worth those. Oh. <laughs> uh, what about Rogue? Katie asked. What the hell is that bitch doing right now? Fighting Belladonna, Gambit said. Don't let your petty differences get in the way. You know what you gotta do. Katie looked around. There was a big severed genetic gun at her feet. She sighed, kind of annoyed that, annoyed that she had to do what she's about to do. She breathed deep, touched the space gun, and her body turned into a big beam of yellow energy that got sucked inside the gun. Wolverine 2 started to come around to consciousness. What the hell did I miss? Wolverine 2 asked. On cue, the cybernetic gun floated up into the sky above everyone, except it now had two giant eyes. Katie's, to be precise. Katie, as the space gun, started firing at everyone below her. She was actually pretty good at taking out all the assassins. Ryan screamed as lightning and lasers rained down upon him. Logan jumped on top of him, quote unquote, for a cover. Jean woke up and put a tiny little force shield around Wolverine, Gambit, and herself. Maddie swiftly dodged every blast by doing a series of backflips and somersaults while still finding her keytar at Betty Spaghetti. Rogue and Belladonna continued to punch the shit out of each other <laughs> then there was todd who just stood there looking at the at the disaster happening before his eyes he looked over at betty spaghetti all of this is wrong todd said to himself and if my marvel history is right oh i can't believe i'm going to be wasting my last bit of mp to do this todd <laughs> sighed and pulled out his notepad he scribbled a note on it he looked at it longingly wishing there was another way but he knew there was only one way to stop the madness Reveal who you truly are, Todd said, pulling the words right off the notepad, which he threw at Betty Spaghetti, who screamed and fell to the ground. Maddie flipped sideways next to Todd. What's happening right now, Maddie asked. You're just asking this, Todd replied. Before anyone could answer, the lightning and tornado stopped. Betty Spaghetti rides on the ground until she faded into none other than Kandra? Gambit <laughs> cried out. Yes, it was true. Betty Spaghetti was the eternal Kendra all along. She sat up. You you saved me from that horrible curse, Kendra said to Todd. She looked up the sky. The clouds parted and his sun beamed down on them. The birds chirped. The alligators sang. The assassins and thieves girls all stared at each other and decided to then do a musical number together. Splash Mountain <laughs> quietly converted into the Princess and the Frog in the background. Great. <laughs> when somebody mind explaining what the hell just happened, Wolverine asked, walking over alongside Ryan. Well, I can't quite explain it, Kadra said. It's as if somebody messed with my mind and made me think I was somebody else. I've been stuck like that for years. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like I sure like to torture humans, but that's gotta be on my terms. <laughs> <laughs> she likes to step so <laughs> she likes to step on Gambit's balls, Gambit said, nodding his head wildly, still winking. <laughs> You did it, Emma's voice echoed into the team's head. You fixed a piece of our timeline. You didn't leave me much faith that any of you were actually capable of doing, but as always, I was right, and you were able to do it. Thanks for the backhanded compliment, Maddie said out loud. And, <laughs> and for the help, Katie said, walking over with a huge yawn. Who the hell are they talking to? Wolverine 2 asked. Emma, Jean replied. She fell to the ground. Wolverine 2 caught her. They both stared into each, other eye, into each other's eyes about to kiss. They breathed heavy as Jean pushed herself up against Logan's body. Suddenly, Jean pulled away. I, I have to go. Cyclops, <laughs> he's waiting for me. Jean, <laughs> Jean got up and ran off somewhere into the woods. Wolverine 2 got up, clearly with a huge boner. Damn it, not again, Logan said annoyed. He pulled out a huge brick that looked like a cell phone as if he walked away. I'm calling Morph. <laughs> Y'all are crazy, Rogue said. She grabbed Gambit by the air. And why were you wearing her wedding cock ring, Cajun? We're leaving. And you ain't getting on and you ain't getting any of this tonight, sugar. Not that you could anyway, because nobody can touch me. <laughs> you and Gambit both know you know how to use saran wrap, Gambit replied, winking again. He looked over at Katie. See you later, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do you two know each other? Maddie asked Katie. But Katie was too tired to really give her a straight answer. Kendra got up off the ground and brushed herself off. 
Well, this is embarrassing. I suppose I will let you all live for saving saving me, Kadra said. How generous, Todd replied sarcastically. <laughs> Consider this a gift. Oh, and you can keep the magical butter dish too. I don't really have any need for it anymore, Kadra said. <laughs> Why then twirl the I know, then twirl the way to nothing, leaving the glowing butter dish on the tree stub. There Amazing. it is. The items the item Katie must use her powers on, Emma said into our, their minds. Don't waste any more of my time and find out what it is. Eh, maybe later, Katie said in a bored like tone. <laughs> she lied down on the ground. I'm going to take a quick nap first. Wake me up when Thundercats is on. <laughs> <laughs> now what, Ryan asked as he turned on his vlogging camera. I feel like there were so many action sequences in this video that I didn't get really a chance to say anything funny. See, Maddie, I don't get all the funny lines. <laughs> Ryan, I said that I said that like 20 years ago on a live journal comment, Maddie pointed out. <laughs> Did I? That's yeah. so mean. <laughs> I know, but it's really funny. But it's still pretty funny, Ryan said, making a peace sign. Just then, the ground began to shake. From the depths of the swamp, swamps emerged a giant Zelda-like temple with Egyptian markings on the side and some Deku creatures dance on, uh, dancing on top of it. Oh, boy. Well, that's a new one, Maddie said, and I didn't even need an ocarina. To be continued. What does the Butterfish know about who is changing the timeline? What is the mysterious temple? How much more of the timeline needs to be fixed? How many times has Wolverine met himself in time travel? When are Wolverine and Ryan going to bang? How long have Gambit and Katie known each other? Who got the best jokes? Find out next time in the Mutant Age is the comic book. The end for now. I love this so much. I think Todd got the best jokes this time. I also really like how Todd's power was like just fix everything. I don't know. I mean, all of us all of us have great like Deus Ex Machina powers, except for you, Ryan, where your power is like flipping around and like, <laughs> and, like freezing things, rewinding things. I do <sighs> notice that since Todd has come along, he's actually saved everyone's lives each story that sounds accurate to reality it does like i mean he like remember when we were in the flood and then he boarded up like you know in real life when he boarded up the flow windows <laughs> from the yeah, flood we all remember this real life thing that happened to the three of us of course oh i, love I know katie's power as well it's very fun everybody's great this is a great i mean comic. she's got she's got a great power but it's like clearly like katie if she exerts any energy into it she like <laughs> sleeps for several hours uh-huh I mean, that seems like a good trade-off for a power that would otherwise be too good. It it makes sense. It has to be balanced out somehow. Well, it's also powers. very fun for Katie to like seemingly know Gambit. I don't know. There's like a similar energy with you yeah, and I, Wolverine I, like, as well, where it's like, why would these characters be cool? Right, hanging but out like with us? maybe someday it will be revealed. But I don't know. I like the idea that Katie like still canonically knew all these characters from Warcraft Valley, but maybe we didn't, which makes it even funnier because we were involved with that. I know it's so funny i love it what a great yeah. what a great idea i'm so glad we're doing this me it's too so dumb. it's like the one highlight of 2020 it is it is a great highlight i it's also a fun highlight of reader mail at least for me i hope that's also true of the listeners but oh yeah, yeah. i hope so too i mean who knows what's gonna happen next i mean this egyptian temple just popped up out of the swamp and we know what that usually entails I know it usually means apocalypse, but hey, there's also all the Deku people. So I, don't know. <laughs> I know they're here now too. Zelda is now part of the X Men canon. Zelda's part of the canon. Doodle So I mean, it if it's demon, Zelda. yeah, that makes sense. That checks yep. out. Super Smash Brothers. That's what this is. It's every oh, X Men character, and then also Zelda, and then also every character that we want to be there. Because well, if it was like the Mutant Ages Smash Brothers, we'd have all the X Men, and then like. I don't know, Thundercats and Zelda and whatever else we felt like putting in there. Resident Evil. Mm -hmm. How long is it? The Golden Girls. How long is it before we have a Resident Evil podcast? I don't know. But in the Mutant Smash Ages, we do whatever we want. Mutant <laughs> Smash Ages. I like that, actually. 
Yep. All right. Well, is it time for the plug section? I think it, it is. Might be. Two, how does this reader mail episode like Two an hour hours? longer? <laughs> live? Yeah, it's like an hour longer than a regular well, episode. It's because we, I, I don't know, I just got excited about all the questions we had this week. I really enjoyed them. I, I, I enjoy hearing from our listeners. We and had so many good questions. I had a lot to talk about. You were also here listening to me talk for most of the time. Um, I don't know, being a patient co-host. I will see. We'll see when I edit if I cut out some of that stuff. It may have been really boring. But I think it was great. Me too. I, I love the show. I enjoyed show. it. So let's talk about all the different ways people can contact us for these listener feedback apps. So of yeah. course we have our email address, which is themutantages at gmail.com. We also have our Discord server, which had, which has a newly created questions channel in it. You should go to themutantages.com. Check out that right-hand side find that discord link and you can also find our voicemail box and you can leave a message at 1508-319-1668 and you know what else we get physical mail as well if you want to send us something in the real mail at p.o box yeah we'll do an unboxing someday natick massachusetts 01760 you can do that and there's so many other links over here at mutantages.com for example we have a store now you could buy a time travel is real shirt. That's you could buy true. a time travel is real uh, mug, mouse pad, phone case, whatever you want, man. It's we there. got it all. You can even we get a mask during this pandemic. I don't yeah, know how much longer we'll be wearing masks for, but real. if you, you want just... something to represent us, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Um, do you want to talk about social media? Yes, I do. Uh, it exists. It's everywhere. <laughs> it's on the internet. Uh, it, it takes That's up too so much true. of my time sometimes. Uh, but you can follow the Mutant Ages on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Pinterest, and you can follow us individually on our accounts. I am on Instagram at Ryan.Pagella and on Twitter at Ryan Pagella, disguised as Mr. Sinister. That's right. I am at Mitty Myers at both of those places. But where else are we? We are on YouTube, which is kind of like social media, except with way more videos that are longer. And so oh, we have been playing oh. every X-Men game. We've been doing X-Men skits that you can go back and Would watch. Would you really We've- call YouTube like <laughs> longer social media? <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, I did. Okay, so if you're looking at our Instagram stories and you're thinking to yourself, boy, I want the videos to be longer. I just want more of this. Oh, then yeah, you can there go you to go. our YouTube channel. Yeah, it's got everything. It's got episodes. uh, Well, we do matchups of these episodes, the podcast with the cartoon, sometimes a live action. Yeah, cutting together clips. Right. And we also play every single X-Men video game. We are slowly making our way through X-Men, the Game Gear game. And we also will post up like reactions of our own like X-Men parodies and other videos we like to make. Sometimes we just do completely random shit. Like we decided to make a Resident Evil rap, which was referenced in this episode. So that's right. Sometimes we do whatever we want. Sometimes there's there's mutant ages, but it's it's uh, Resident Evil style mutants. It's honestly the best song that Maddie's written in her career as a musician. So the Jill Sandwich song. Right. Jill Sandwich. And you know, if you wanted to get a copy of that Jill Sandwich song, you could buy it, I guess. Or you could go to patreon.com slash the mutant ages and you could back at the level where you receive the songs, including I guess I didn't song. really realize that that was also part of the mutant yeah, ages package, but it has to yes, be. <laughs> it is. It's in there. You can get the Jill Sandwich song that I wrote. You can get all the songs I have on this show at that, at that backer is level. Is it like the recording? Wait, wait, wait. Which one is it? The one that you recorded is the one with Ryan and I. It's the one with Ryan and you. I don't think even I have that. You got to send that to me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, well, it's it exists, and you can have a copy of that song that includes Ryan Pagella and Ryan Truman rapping. I don't, uh, if, if, we can we call that. it rapping? I don't I, know. Well, it's a rap of sorts. Um, it's not good, but uh, it exists, and it's a wonderful song. And you can also get all the Mutant Ages music and and the old Geno music on there. But um, there's a bunch of other tier levels. You can you can back at a lower tier and just get access to all the behind the scenes content, bonus episodes, all that other stuff. And you can back at higher levels. For example. Our highest tier will get you a shout out on the show. Yes. And appearing right in the Mutant Ages comic book as we all stand there in the swamp is Swarm B and Samuel B who walk out of the woods and see what's going on. They're like, the fuck is this shit? And they slowly back into the bushes and leave. (laughs) But they're also high-fiving each other being like, I'm so glad that I supported Maddie and Ryan in this bizarre project. (laughs) Yeah, right. I'm so glad. They're actually playing, they're actually watching the vlog right now of the Mutant Ages. That's what it is. Speaking of vlogs, you can go to my YouTube channel and follow me on Ryan Pagella. Um, I'm posting stuff again. It's going to get interesting so it's like extracurricular mutant ages content kind of like warcraft valley it is which it is, is ryan and katie's podcast where they read x-men fan fictions among other fan fictions right this is like this is all we do is x-men all day every day and i would i mean if you can support us on patreon which we already talked about that'd be a huge deal um if everybody donated even a dollar that is like a huge help because all those dollars add up um and i actually you know i'm gonna ask you if you can that'd be great that'd be helpful but to also donate to anybody any artists that you're following right now that you are, are on like content creator because the thing is that if everybody donates like a dollar to their favorite people that they follow virtually it, it helps all of those people because artists it do not get paid up. enough money so yes and also it's okay to back for a couple months leave if you can't afford it come back yeah. later we have plenty of listeners who do things like that right it's and if you can't i'm not gonna guilt you into doing it i'm just asking of course. We, there's we other ways to help all. out we so. are totally understanding we know how precarious different people's financial situations are right now we've we've been through yep. that ourselves obviously yep. brian is still we're all there random odd jobs in in covid and all of this and and we understand we understand about the economic collapse and so on but on that topic let's say you definitely cannot afford to back the show that's completely fine something else that you can do is review the show on apple Podcasts. you can leave a a star rating you can write a review that really helps our visibility you can also leave comments or rate us on facebook on our facebook page or you can just share the show on your own social media and be like hey these guys just started watching X-Men Evolution. They're a couple of horny queer idiots and they're they're watching this X-Men show and they're loving it. They're analyzing it from a political perspective. They're looking back on it 20 years later, seeing how it holds up and what they think about it now as adults. And that's so helpful. Like sharing the show and telling people what you think about it, what it is and helping people find it if they would want to find it. That helps us so much. And it's, it's really valuable, even if you can't afford to support us some other way. Right. Yes, and I, we really appreciate it. We love doing this show. We're going to make it either way. So yeah, uh, of course. any support you can give us, it's fantastic. And, you know, just listening, sharing the show, it's a it's a good way to go. That's right. Um, I think it's time for lunch, right? I think so. I think it's time for us to go eat lunch. I In think your Wolverine... case, with, with Logan and Cable, right? Yeah, well, Cable's not here. It's just Logan. We're going oh, okay. to make some sandwiches. He's got, okay, you should see what it's like, though. Whenever I want to make a sandwich, it's like, oh, it's like kind of like a salad wrap. And he's got like this giant roast beef, like, <laughs> sub monstrosity probed up he's got to keep those muscles rippling well yeah that's the only way plus i also have i want his protein so you know i get that i get that well we'll see you next time before this gets any more disgusting well (laughs) today is just this is the uh, the mutant age episode episode entirely about ryan's sex life apparently so (laughs) goodbye see you next time